In a world where fans have grown tired of the same old cookie-cutter Comic-Con formats, only one con defies the odds. Only one Comic-Con stands what fans really want. Only one Comic-Con dares calls itself terrific. That's right, this August 17th through the 19th at the all-new giant-sized Mohegan Sun Expo Center in Uncasville, Connecticut, comes Terrific Con! Connecticut's Terrific Comic Con is back with New England's largest gathering of comic book artists and writers. Plus, Terrific Con delivers actors from your favorite TV shows and movies. And there's an all-new expanded gaming section as we give you tabletop gaming, video games, and so much more. Plus, don't forget, all kids 10 and under get in free at Terrific Con and can be part of the all-new All Yeah Kids Comic Con. Join us for three full days of Comic Con action only in Connecticut at Terrific Con. For more information, go to our website, www.terrificcon.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Word Balloon, the comic book conversation show. John Suntress here. Really excited for uh, what's planned for Word Balloon in the next couple weeks. We're bringing back a feature I used to do called Word Balloon Unconventional. And the reason why it's called that this time around is uh, because I'm not going to San Diego this year, I thought I would present episodes that kind of reflect the kind of panels I normally go to in San Diego. And uh, we're starting things off uh, this episode with a new Bendis tapes. You know, always exciting to go to Comic-Con and see the top writers and the top artists talk about what's going on. Uh, Brendis. Brendis, if you will, if he was one word, like Benifer and some of these other uh, great Hollywood couples. Uh, Bendis is uh, here to talk about The Man of Steel. Uh, The miniseries is wrapped up. It has, of course, opened the door to a lot of story possibilities that will, I'm sure, continue in Superman and in Action Comics. Announcements have already been made about uh, upcoming Jinx World projects that will be starting under the DC imprint. We also talk about uh, Brian's new unspecified uh, DC imprint. He gives us a few more clues on that. Uh, His story uh, with uh, Nick Darrington, his Batman story, that will be in those uh, 100-page spectaculars that are uh, featured at Walmart. He gives us uh, some insight on uh, that story, 12-part story that's going to start in issue 3 of the 100-page spectaculars. And uh, it sounds great. Uh, It's a great conversation. Lots of pop culture to talk. And uh, it's a typical Bendis tapes. But, uh, you know, I've had the pleasure of uh, moderating some Bendis panels in San Diego in the past. And uh, I thought this would be a good way to uh, usher in Word Balloon Unconventional with a brand new Bendis tapes. I think you're going to like it. Today's Word Balloon brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. Thank you, League, for your support. Uh, Instead of uh, San Diego Comic-Con, I'll be going to Terrificon in um, Connecticut, Mohegan Sun, in mid-August, about a month after uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Can't wait to go. Lots of great guests, both new and old. You've heard the commercial at the beginning of the latest Word Balloon episodes. And uh, thank you, League, for helping me get to conventions and making the connections uh, to uh, keep things going here at Word Balloon and uh, new conversations and new insight in the comics culture. Word Balloon is free. It'll always be free. But if you like what you hear on Word Balloon and would like to uh, help the cause out, you can subscribe via Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash wordballoon, that's where my Patreon page is. A lot of new uh, subscribers have come on in the last couple weeks. I can't thank you enough, League of Word Balloon listeners. Word Balloon is also brought to you by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com. Tremendous deals are happening right now at InStock Trades. And I can go through the litany of Bendis stuff, but uh, let's talk about some other books right now. Things like uh, Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme Omnibus right now. Uh, Roy Thomas, one of the guests of Terrificon. 
uh, will be there. And uh, it is uh, a big part of uh, the Doctor Strange Sorcerer Supreme book. Uh, issues 41 through 59, the two annuals, number two and number three. Lots of other stories as well. It's a big book, 1,056 pages. It is volume two of Doctor Strange Sorcerer Supreme. 50% off, $62.50. That's my kind of book. Uh, there is Batman by Grant Morrison, the omnibus. Uh, that uh, features some Adam Kubert art and other artists as well. Uh, let's see. It collects stories from, uh, let's see here. We've got uh, Batman 655 through 658 and then 663 through 683 uh, stories from, um, it says 52, or I'm assuming the new 52, number 30 and 47, DC Universe Zero. Uh, two new story pages that were written and drawn by Chris Burnham that recap events from the resurrection of Raza Ghoul. Lots of neat stuff, a J.H. Williams cover. It's 50% off. It's $37.50. You can also get other books like Harley Quinn Rebirth, the director's cut. Uh, this is, or excuse me, the deluxe collection, hardcover volume two. It's Amanda Connor, John Timms, and a lot of other uh, wonderful people uh, doing uh, great work on Harley Quinn. It's uh, 384 pages, 42% off, $20.29. There is also, let's see, I mean, you know, have we, uh, have we done enough uh, DC and Marvel and stuff? What else have we got here? Supergirl by Peter David, a classic run. This is straight paperback, book four. Uh, Peter's, uh, you know, special Supergirl and Angel. Uh, she uh, it was Linda Danvers. Uh, but it, let's see here. Leonard Kirk doing the art. Man, Leonard Kirk, so good. 328 pages, 42% off, $17.39. This is all from com. Don't take my word for it. Check out the uh, great website. You will find amazing books at amazing prices. If your orders are $50 or more, you'll receive free shipping from our friends at InStockTrades.com. All right, let's pick things up with a new, brand new Bendis Tapes. Really excited to bring it to you on this first volume of Word Balloon Unconventional. I hope you enjoy it. Let's get into the Bendis tapes. Now, it starts off with some pop culture talk, about 15 minutes or so of it. Don't worry. We'll get into Man of Steel and a lot of other things as well. Brian Michael Bendis, a brand new Bendis tapes on today's Word Balloon. Okay, here we go. Professional broadcasting. Howdy presents. Flem. That's a good way to open yeah. the show. Welcome back, Brian Bendis. Hey, how are you, buddy? Man, how great was the show we just did that we didn't record? <laughs> we covered a lot we of ground. Did. That's all right. How are you? How's life? How how have the, how have the shows been? What uh, which shows are, have you been very proud of uh, as of late? Oh, good lord! Uh, great conversation with Jerry Ordway. Ah, oh. uh, great conversation with Mark Wade. Right. A great conversation with. Um, Jeez, who else lately? Um, uh, Chaken a couple months ago was fantastic. How did I miss this? When did this happen? Well, you're busy. I know. I'm, I, I will. I will download that this evening. That's exciting. I was thinking about him last night. I love him. I'm so excited for this new book that he's doing. Uh, hey, kids, comics is going to kind of be uh, slightly historical, but also fictional. Yes, I, I never has uh, subject matter and an author. Uh, more needing each other than this this yeah. story very excited about this absolutely man i um well and i loved like what he did with uh matt with uh satellite sam and i know that was matt's story no i i do too but it was it was matt um uh and that was another that, that's fun uh for me that book uh that book and sex criminals were kind of birthed in my house okay. like they were living with us 
when those when those uh, books can bitch planet too. And uh, um, so it's fun that they're like like me and uh, Alisa were in Seattle literally yesterday dropping the kids off at uh, overnight camp, and we stopped by uh, uh, Golden Age Collectibles at Pike's Market, and there was like this big bitch planet display. Uh, the, 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 you know, the, like the, the, uh, employees really like bitch planet, right? Like, you know, employee pick. Mm-hmm. And I, we both like, like Lisa grabbed my arm. Like it was like, Oh look, the baby's all grown up. It was so, it was so funny. Like, cause she, she only knows it from our backyard. And then it's like, you know, there as like this author's work. So we take such pride in it and satellite Sam, I have that same feeling. Like I have this great amount of like, um, uh, like uncle pride. Like I, I watched, I watched yeah. him birth this thing <laughs> that he wanted to be so good that it was worth Howard Chaykin's time. You know what I mean? Like he wanted to create the greatest Howard Chaykin story that even Howard Chaykin would stop what he was doing to draw what he also agreed was a great Howard Chaykin story. And that's what Sam, like Sam was. So it, on top of it just being a great comic book, it achieved its goal as a creative uh, on a creative level. And yes. uh, and it was a lofty goal. So uh, I, I look I, I am so proud of my friend when I see that, that I, I just I just smile and shrug at someone's yeah. it, it truly. I mean, I love sex criminals as well, but I really it, it felt like a graphic novel emphasized the word novel. Yeah, I, you know, I, just... I, there's, I'll, I'll post it when you post this um, this thing. But I have a picture that Matt has posted of Matt and the reference he used. For a satellite Sam, and it is as tall as he is when you stack it up. Is that something you loved and deeply uh, researched uh, the material for that book? That's excellent. Uh, it's good to hear. And I and Chaykin, I loved. I don't know if you saw it, but he did that Hanna Barbera rough and ready. Uh, hilarious. I I somehow did not it, it it did not it was not on my radar. And now that I'm on the DC Complist, uh, which is phenomenal, by the way. Um, you know, it's great because it's literally like it's like comps have like reinvented for me because this is stuff I legitimately was paying for. Right. And now. So it's like, yay. But it switches. And now I have to go buy the Marvel stuff. So. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, but but with this. Yeah. In the last box right on top was Rough and Ready by Howard Chaykin. And it, it did. It felt like. Uh, like a fake comic book from Mallrats or something. Like, like what? Like, what, what? What is this? And it was real. It was very funny that you mentioned that. Yeah, black sad kind of art. Yeah, a real yeah. animation style art that really reflects the characters well. And honestly, man, and he he said in the interview, you'll hear it that I guess obviously to vet the story he wanted to do, it would have been a lot dirtier <laughs> <laughs> and a lot more cynical. And they had him cut stuff back. I still think it's a great look at today's media spin cycle and how fucked up, you know, the 24 hour news cycle is, especially in the cult of celebrity. Well, in grand DC tradition, uh, making art where you least expected it. And that is really one of their grand traditions. Uh, these Hanna-Barbera books, uh, have been, uh, quite a surprise. You know what I mean? Uh, the, the, the worst one. Fascinating. You know that, and that, and and uh, I, I was uh, uh, trying to explain to me Javins, the the editor of this. It's, it's, it's such a masterstroke of editing, you know, just just a vision uh, captured. Uh, it, 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 it that you really kind of step back and go, "Wow, you really what a what an achievement!" Well, and it's the last thing you expected. Yeah, 
And it worked. By the way, there's a version of it where they, where they do this and they're all terrible. Like, well, who needed, like, the Flintstones to be art? Exactly. Right? Yep. Except that it does. It needs to be art. It's fantastic. Yeah, and it was. I mean, and I was one of those people, too, initially, that I'm like, well, you're going off model, man. I'm like, there was, there's nothing wrong with those original Hanna-Barbera yeah, yeah. designs. And then I read yeah. it. It, it, it was a ballsy move, and it worked. I really and I and, and not, nothing yeah. impresses me more. And also the team ups. And man, I don't know if that would be something you'd ever want. It to was do, like the sure third thing I asked for. <laughs> like I, I think I got in, and it's funny because it, it was at a it was a time like you know Dan and I didn't know each other as well, and we were still getting to know each other, but uh, mm-hmm. um, we didn't know each other at all, and um. He's thinking the the writer of Daredevil's here, and I'm thinking, when can I write Dino Mutt? Sure. <laughs> so when I said, "Hey, let me know if you do another run of those. I want to crack at it," he double looked at me like, "Are you fucking with me?" And I'm like, "No, I really, I really, I yeah, I really want to do one." I told Sam Humphreys, Humphreys, yeah. I I was legitimately. Like I had a moment of of uh, jealousy that I I, I I like to think I've I've uh, matured past when when he got to do Bugs Bunny and the Legion. Yeah, that was great. I think it was one catalog where it was Bugs Bunny and the Legion and and uh, and Greg Pak got John Wick, and I had to like <laughs> calm down and remind myself that my career's okay. Just relax. <laughs> They're both excellent. Okay, okay. You you didn't get you don't get to write everything. Yeah. <laughs> a momentary lapse of uh like ego madness but i was like and then realized i actually would rather read greg pack's john wick than mine i hear you yeah. you know like like i don't want to write john wick i want to read it so that was exciting that a writer i'm i like is doing it so but it's just funny when you see these gigs you go oh i want to do that <laughs> high class problem I hear you. exactly man, but it's all right that's all right and king's no, but but, but uh, cut to I uh, I got to I got here and I said yeah listen if you ever d- do another wrong and he went oh we we just assigned literally the day before I got there they assigned this new this new batch so maybe next time well yeah I hope so and and I mean I know that you know a lot of them have done well everyone loved King's uh, Batman uh, Elmer Fudd which was terrific oh yeah no that and you're you're just like you're on panel two and you're like and the Eisner goes too <laughs> that's true I was there last year I saw it happen for him. No, but like while you're reading it, you just oh, yeah. like. And by the way, and and I, I, listen, Tom, this might annoy Tom. He'll, he'll live. Uh, I, I've I've read the first issue of uh, Heroes in Crisis, Ooh. and I read it in script form. I read it uh, a couple months ago already, and um, uh, I've been dying to tell people. And I, you just reminded me you brought him up. Yeah. Uh, it, it's one of the best things I've ever read. That's great. Like like on a tactical level, on an emotional level. I, I said that this must have been what it felt like to read like Dark Knight Returns like before it came out. Sure. You know? Yes. And 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 not everyone will relate to it like I did. I I, I certainly have not um, suffered from PTSD on a level that many people have, but people know what I've been through this year, and they know that I I've, I've got stuff to work out. Sure. Right. Sure. And and this book this book got got under my skin like very few works of anything have and and i and i I had to tell tom early on i I don't i don't mean to weird you out but this thing got really got under my skin right and and it is what you heard it's about but it it, it, it's so truthful and it's crafted 
um, at such a high level. Uh, uh, almost, uh, there's something he does with panels. I'll let him talk about it when he talks about it. But he does something spe- special with the panel count that actually adds to the emotional punch of the book that very few people could actually technically get away with. Like they actually could figure out how to do or or to do it. So I, I was quite moved by this, and I just want to tell people. You know, on this amazing year we're having in comics, uh, the, the best one hasn't even come out yet. Uh, I, I, again, I haven't seen the final product yet, but the script to Heroes in Crisis um, is one of the best things ever. That's read. great to hear, man. No, you know, yeah. and he's killing it. Yeah, that is an unpaid advertisement. People think I'm at DC now, so I'm just going to do that to DC products. That is not how I roll. I, I, from any company in the world, if I read something this good, I would say stop the presses. If you guys want to hear something, I got something to tell Well, in a lot of ways, I mean, I think from a widespread notoriety standpoint, uh, the vision at Marvel obviously helped put Tom on the map. I love Sheriff of Babylon. I'm sure you've read it and love it as well. Yeah, of course, yeah. No, no, I love Tom's yes. work, and 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 and, and uh, it, it's amazing to see someone uh, achieve this. Uh, it, it's, it's one of the, the great things to watch, yes. It, yes. you know, if you love – pop culture or you love this medium right and, and when someone has something to say and the ability to say it um and, and the temperament in, in which you say it on the on the public stage it's, it's a lovely thing so uh, and, and and so unique so yeah so all, all so so much win and so much truthfulness and then he hasn't even gotten to the big one yet pretty cool that's yeah excited no yeah. And i was excited when he announced it and that's good to hear and i'm talking to tom as we're recording next week so likely after this oh, very right. vendus tapes uh the next word balloon very likely will be tom king you know i wanted to hedge my bets i'm not going to san diego you know that and um i, I either am i oh wow okay well then i don't feel bad yeah no no that i please <laughs> stay home and make the donuts i understand yeah well that's the thing and honestly i know that and in booking word balloon guests I know that the week before, don't bother me. The week after, don't bother me. That's half the month. Right. So I kind of banked a bunch of uh, really uh, great people, some first-timers. Uh, I will tell you. Oh, it great. hasn't happened yet. But uh, apparently, if all goes well, I'll be talking to Brian Hitch. Very excited. Oh, good. Yeah, that was, And he was sweet. He Man, he, he wrote me and uh, loved the Ordway interview. And I'm like, dude, please come on. He's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. He goes, he goes you know, can you make it work with British time? I'm like, yeah, no problem. So here we are. So so Great. hopefully, but yeah, it's gonna it's it's gonna be a good month and uh, really leading up to. So have you have you recorded the Tom King one? No, yet? next Wednesday. Oh, so you can play this I clip for him to. and see how he Absolutely. reacts. And didn't he kill on Seth? Seth Myers. I know he really did, and um, it's exciting. As you know, it's exciting to share um, that experience with other uh, comic book people because. Uh, we spend so much time alone in our room uh, with vague fantasies of being beloved authors of some sort. You don't even know what form that would take, you yes. know. And um, but you know you're, you're but you're wrapping your brain around being the best at being alone in your basement. Like that's our when we talked about this, yeah. right? And like even like being expected to be on stage at a at a con is so weird. It's like the opposite of. The thing that we're known for, now we're supposed to go perform. It's, you know, it's, anyway. So to go on TV, which we're completely not wired for, right? And 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 to do the song and dance, it, it's quite a unique experience filled with unique details 
that no one cares about unless you've also experienced it. So it was great to share with him uh, how freaky it was. That's awesome. And what and and, and it also is, um, and that, you know, Matt had gone through yeah. it as well. Yeah. Also, I, I get such a jolt out of every every uh, comic book um, person that gets on Seth Meyers, and I think I told you this uh, when it happened a couple years ago. Was when I w- I was the first uh, comic book person they had on, and they uh, in the in the dressing room, uh, the producer of the show, who was a huge fan uh, of comics, uh, and the creator of the Awesomes, said, um, "Oh, I really hope you do well. We want to have more comic book people on. Do you know uh, where Matt Fraction lives?" <laughs> And and so like I go yeah now he's one of my best friends and he lives like in my house so I can easily make that happen and uh, but in my heart I'm like oh well uh, well I guess I'll know if I did well if they call Matt so when they call Matt I literally he he texts me goes they called I'm like I did great <laughs> it's about me <laughs> of course it is. But do I do? I feel like uh, I do get a little bit because I never. You never in life know if you did well or not for sure. real, right? Sure. There's always that little inkling. So this is one of the few times I must have not fucked it up. <laughs> they keep inviting comic book people on. It's so it is, exciting. and it's and so, yeah. it's great because it reminds me of, and mostly through reruns because I was I'm not that old, despite what you always say. Uh, but it you know it really does remind me of like those great uh, Tonight Show Jack when Jack Parr used yeah. to have uh, C- yeah Beckham. Calvin Trillin would show up on the Tonight on the Tonight Show with Carson and yeah or even was, you know like you said no even going back to Parr and Steve Allen when they would have authors Gore Vidal you know yeah yeah that stuff yeah. no and no and also like uh, as we talked about I I I was a kid of Letterman in the eighties <laughs> and Harvey Pekar would come on. Yes. So I'm a, I'm a Cleveland aspiring Cleveland comic book creator, right? Of course. And 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 there's a, a the only other Cleveland comic book creator I know <laughs> of uh, is on my favorite and my I think my only favorite TV show. So at the time, so um, uh, the one I was obsessed on. So to be on the modern version of that to me was very exciting. And yeah, so to, to watch. And so every time. One of us, like Asana, was on there, and Asana killed. Oh, I, I, thought, I thought I'll have to find that. So, I, I mean, uh, Matt did amazing. Sana killed. Like everyone's in really, really great. But, but knowing how much we like to sit alone in our at our desk to see someone like Sana just come to life on TV is so exciting Excellent. to me. No. You know, and like, like, uh, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. So we 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 got to share our. our uh, our memories of that. That's excellent. And and really for, for old Letterman fans who really did love the original show, uh, YouTube, there's a, there's a few people that have really edited together all of Picard's Letterman uh, appearances. And it is classic Dave. I mean, it is first season Dave Letterman. It's great. Did we talk about Letterman talking about Harvey Picard recently? No, tell me. I didn't see that. It was on, uh, where was it? Was it on Norm or Howard? It was on Howard Stern. He talked Ooh, about... Um, if he ever, if he had to do it all again, he would have treated Harvey Picar with the respect he deserved, and not as a joke. I was wrong to do wow. it. I didn't understand his cultural importance or his literary achievement. Wow! At the time, and I was all in reaction though, because it was the '80s, and I was just reacting. Sure. I would just keep my show on the air. This is what he said. I, I was like, and I was like amazed. That he said this out loud because, honestly, as a deep fan of Letterman, it was probably the one thing that really always bothered me. Understood. That he never, like, 
he never saw that Harvey was great. Right. You know what I mean, now Harvey was in the ass for sure. Like he wasn't wrong to treat Harvey the way he treated Harvey, but there was another part of it that you think Letterman would have known. So it was amazing that decades later, he went out of his way to announce to the world that that's the thing he regrets the most. That's cool. That's really cool. And he said if, if he was still alive today, he'd have him on his new show. Oh, man, that would have been great. And I'm glad you mentioned that because yeah. that Netflix show is so good. It really is, I think. Hey, I I have to build up some temperament for it because it is really uh, emotional sometimes, sure. that show. Yeah, like it's like old man Letterman dealing with some shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. The stern, the stern conversation. I have to admit when he does the field pieces, just as a viewer – it kind of takes me out of the conversation. And I appreciate that he wants to do more than just have a conversation. But knowing that he is the consummate interviewer and broadcaster that he is, that's really what I come for. And, and, I mean, the thing that he did with, and I forget the woman's name, the Pakistani uh, woman that's such a wonderful freedom fighter, when she was in Oxford, that was amazing. And that was a really interesting field piece, and I loved... Oh, Malala? Yes, Malala, is it? All right, yeah. thank you. And uh, and Buddy Guy, uh, him eating chicken with Buddy Guy in Chicago is fantastic. And I, I've had the pleasure of, of uh, being an acquaintance of Buddy Guy's uh, in my years at XRT, the rock station that I worked at. And he is just a great down-to-earth genius of a, of a man. Uh, so that cool. was cool, too. But, yeah, I just... Yeah, I had an interesting reaction to the, um, the, the Obama one. I thought, well, that was really good, but we didn't learn anything. Like, it was a lot of effort. And we didn't learn anything, and and and, uh, and and Letterman was so emotional during it. Like he was, he was very upset with himself about what he was doing while the world was in turmoil, right? And and I and I walked away going, hmm, I I, I was weird that they went to such effort. I'm not sure we learned anything. And then I'm like, oh no, we learned something. We did. We learned that like Letterman's like journey here about like what what the fuck was I doing? Interesting. Uh, it was it was genuinely fascinating. Yeah. I've never seen a show like that before. No, it's it's a, it's a great format. And again, much like the podcasting world, you know, no commercials, mm-hmm. no you know you don't have to cut yeah. away. And it's just, and again, that's why I really appreciate a good deep conversation. And the Stern conversation on the Netflix show was great. I want to hear the Stern interview. I'm glad that he did reciprocated by doing a new Stern. So that's that's good to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't I haven't watched the Stern uh, on Letterman yet. I will. It's great. And then the Seinfeld one. I I didn't realize there was a bonus episode, and it's it's terrific. It reminds me of their Paley Center interview from about a year or so before Letterman retired. Yeah, that's a really good one. That that you and I love yes. that one. That the one they did together. If anyone see it, it's uh Seinfeld and Letterman just talking on stage. It's fantastic. Yeah, and this is another forty minute conversation in the same vein, but obviously different things have happened since and they kind of interview each other. And it's it's good. It's yeah. it's great. It's great. So there you go. All oh, right, we got cool. a good we got a lot of good pop culture stuff out of the way. Look at us. Look at us just throwing shit. We're all over the place. <laughs> this is what we do, as you know. What do we do for a living? What yeah, is exactly. this? What are we talking exactly. about? Exactly. Well, and uh, this week, of course, Man of Steel 6 comes out. And uh, Yeah, I got I to gotta say, I, I uh, not three hours ago stopped by the local comic book store and got to see um, all six issues on the stand at once and uh, had a unusual moment of self-reflection because I did have uh, that deep worry not six months ago whether I was going to be able to get to do this. And uh, so seeing it out there was um, uh, as much of a sense of like, oh, you did it or, you know, why your accomplishment that that I've uh, that, that I've allowed myself in this in this lifetime. 
<laughs> so I was it was a huge relief and and I did I was and then and then I, I my 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 Twitter feed is just filled with genuinely emotional Superman fans uh, just re- really going out of the way to, to share their feelings with me and it, it's all love and it, it, so it, it's been a wonderful week but uh, more emotional than 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 even I thought it would be. Well, I understand, and I'm I'm really excited because I think the miniseries opened a lot of doors that obviously will continue in your runs in Superman in action, and uh, at the heart of it. Yeah, that's the fun thing. I'm like 14 issues ahead. Uh, Are you in really the story. that far? That's crazy. yeah, yeah. I'm I've 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 been tearing through, and and. Uh, uh, um, you know, all, all the uh, Jinx World books are up and yes, running, so we'll I've been I've been tearing towards uh, tearing towards. We have some very big goals. For the Superman side of the DC universe, and uh, um, some big building blocks, and just, just heading towards them uh, as fast as I can because it's so exciting. Um, yeah, so so it's it's exciting to see people so excited about where they are in the story so far. Because oh, good, you like that? Because oh, we haven't gotten to the good part <laughs> yet. It's a very it's a very exciting place to be. Well, yeah, I mean, and it does it does feel like second year Ultimate Spider Man feeling to me if if I can reference that like i'm that far ahead that it feels like you know you don't even know how excited you excellent are well that's great man because yeah. no i think we have a great metropolis story getting started with the arson stuff and and a great yeah. reveal in issue yeah. six that if the kid thinks it's superman that's doing it um the, i like uh the female chi- uh, fire chief chief moore is that her name yeah uh melanie moore melanie you know moore. it reminds me and i don't even know if you read this uh, a few years ago jt crawl was doing a really great uh, Batman Beyond era Superman story in the Batman Beyond book. Oh, the Superman yes. Beyond? Yeah, I have not read it yet, but it's on my list. I actually want to see if that's something I want to visit. Like, I like it's on my things to do list. Well, uh, do you know like uh, that he, as an older Superman, as a as a as a, for a civilian identity, because obviously Lois and the Planet People are all dead in the future. He 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 comes really? back as a <laughs> he comes back as a a, a volunteer fireman. And even starts this relationship with this volunteer firefighter and stuff. Oh, I'm going to say, yeah, I did know that. See, it's all full circle. That's how we run the DC Comics. That's why the logo was a circle. Honestly, at a time where I wasn't crazy about what was happening in the main books, uh, JT's story was really great. And it really was this, like, he, he got to the core of Superman. And also just a Superman in that kind of, you know, where we kind of saw it in that old... And I forget the name of the, the the great writer who wrote the Superman Under the Red Sun Silver Age story, where it's so many thousands, you know, Superman winds up thousands of years in the future. Uh, and, and yeah, Earth and Earth has a red sun yeah. now, and he's like the last man on Earth. And it's, you know, it's that kind of, you know, where all your friends are gone, how do you cope? And they also did a great job of it on the on the cartoon as well, people might remember. Um, but yeah, I, I so so that's interesting. But then, yeah, on this modern story... No, you've. I think you've set up a really interesting Metropolis thing for, as we've talked about, Clark Kent, investigative reporter, needs to get to the bottom of. Uh, you know, starting with that Colonel I story. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to saw you while I look up who wrote Under the Red Sun because I can't. Ed, goddamn Ed Hannigan, I want to say. There's so many. Ed, is it Ed Hannigan or is it Elias S. No, no, no. It was before Elliot's time. This is about, like, this is yeah. early 60s. But there's so many Red Sun Superman goddamn projects. <laughs> like, I believe you know, I, I, it's. 
This Red Sun, Under the Red Sun, Under the Red Sun, the movie, Red Sun, the motion comic, Red That's Sun. That's true. I can't find who yeah, wrote I the Yeah, I want to say Ed Hannigan, who was a great science fiction pulp writer as well as a great Superman writer. I, well, I'm going to say I'm gonna say Bill Matlow just to argue <laughs> with you. I, I think you're right, actually. <laughs> no, it's good stuff, man. Well, you know. Um, are uh, Kurt Swan or Wayne Boring for you? And both is not a correct answer. Kurt Swan or Wayne Boring. Well, that's a that's a tough one. Uh, I I gotta say Kurt Swan because he's surprised. But but like aesthetically, like as a draftsman, I like Wayne Boring, but uh, uh, more probably because uh, it's a little little more noir. Because it's got that deeper oh, shadow. That's true. That's a but, very good point. Um, yeah. But I've always been surprised, and he does not get enough credit how grounded um, Kurt Swan kept Superman. How uh, earthy and like he could literally sell you any bullshit, and they really sold yes, some bullshit. Did. Like, yes. like really, you know, Lois is a robot, oh, yeah. and you know, and like, and he could sell you anything with the same amount of uh, a verve, and um, was often capable of very, very deep emotion. Agreed. That doesn't get enough credit for, and obviously uh, pulled out of him uh, by Alan Moore in, oh, in the whatever you happened know, to the man of tomorrow. The same, whatever happened to the man of tomorrow. But there's been other times where where he did it as oh, well. Agreed. I think that's where Alan Moore got the uh, well. And again, getting back to your stuff, the the Kurt Swan era Superman, and certainly as you say, into the '80s, he was more of a fatherly figure. Byrne kind of de-aged him back to 29. And and I right. guess I was at that right age where I looked at Superman as kind of a father figure, and now here we are again. And I'm really glad that it started with you know Pete uh, and Dan Jurgens, Pete Tomasi and Dan Jurgens, that Superman is allowed to be a father again. And and uh, yeah, man, it's it's it, there's that. Yeah, and a modern father too. I, I that's what I think. That's what people are are so responsive to. Like so, I, as a, as a new Superman writer who who gets to take in a lot of people's reaction to the new status quos of Superman, who people might not, might not have been reading what's been going on the last couple of years, or they just had a general feeling of mm-hmm. Superman, and they're hopping on board, and they're like surprised that he's married with a son, and then the reaction is ew at first, right? Their first reaction is oh I don't want I don't want Superman sure. to be married, sure. right? And then and but then they don't know why. And then they read the story, and then they go, "Oh, this is really honest." And then they, and then, and then they, oh, oh, this is the good version. <laughs> like that—that's what Peter and Dan did. Like, no, there's a terrible version of the of the story, right? And it, and it, and it's not, and that's not it at all. I know there's a good and bad version of every story, but this particular one of these uh, uh, a conceit like this could really be something. Yeah. Uh, roll your eyes at and that's and they all brought their honest feelings about the world and and, and life to, to the character and, and and if anything that's that's what made has made my life harder but because they set it up with such honesty taking it to the another place was so much easier because because they they literally set it up perfectly for us agreed couldn't be better honestly. tell me about uh, getting john's voice writing writing john kent's voice well, I, I I have a lot of um, children in my life. <laughs> there's a lot of like, honestly. There's a lot of lot of uh, uh, ch- uh, energy uh, of, of different temperaments and children or children with different uh, abilities and, uh, and, and needs. Uh, and, and with that energy comes a, a certain voice. So um, conjuring a voice for a kid like John. 
at the age he's at is not difficult for me. I, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to like point a finger at anyone in my life is what I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> but I know people like John. Okay. I, I, as far as I'm concerned. So it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's easy for me to get. He's, there. he's a very honest kid. And I think, yeah. and, and much like Jason Todd or Damien or some of these other kids, they could, well, and Damien, I think, you know, has found his center, but like Jason, when he first showed up and everything, you know, he was a little shit. And that's why I think when Death in the Family, when Jim Starlin and company did <laughs> Death in the Family, it's funny. I've heard Denny O'Neill talk about, you know, when they did the 800 number and stuff, that it was inadvertent that Jason kind of became a little asshole. And <laughs> Well, also, may I say, I, 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 I can't remember if we've talked since then, but um, I, I posted online my findings from the DC archives on Instagram. And one of them was the other page. Yes. From Death in the Family, if people voted to save him, uh, and they were almost sure that they were going to vote to save him, <laughs> they had prepared the arc. I've for seen press. it absolutely. I did not know it even existed, so I was <laughs> like, almost everyone I know in comics saw this and went, "They that exists." They were like completely. That's amazed hilarious. That it was. No, yeah. it's great. And yeah, great. It just feels like it feels like there's no way in hell they were, he was going to live no matter what anyone voted. <laughs> they were just going to tell their story. But no, they really were going to go which with, with whatever way Absolutely. to win. And it's a beautiful Jim Aparo splash page. Absolutely, man. And it's this joy. Well, and honestly, that's what makes Jason interesting. And I think uh, this this failure of Batman's that will always be there in terms of everything he said to him when they resurrected him in the Judd Winnick story under the hood. Um, was totally yeah. real. Of what do you mean he didn't kill the Joker? What do you mean he didn't look for me? What the hell? What the, you know? I thought I gave everything to you. You, I trusted you, and you abandoned me. And it's it's a real great and and that's the thing, man. This is what makes as an older reader. I, hey, man, I love as I always like to say. Superman crashes through the wall, clunks the bad guys' heads. The bull, or the bullets bounce off of him first. He clunks their heads. He flies them off to jail. End of story. That's great. I love it. But now it's time for, much as you did with Marvel, to have some of the conversations and thoughts behind the actions that we didn't see before. And it's not just you. A lot of other writers are obviously doing Tom's doing it in Batman, clearly. Uh, you know, Absolutely. Scott did it while in his run in Batman. He's doing it in Justice League now. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great time. And, it's, and as, again, as an older reader, I want a, a more complex story. And that's, that's what we're now getting. And, and certainly what you've done so far in Man of Steel has shown that. Well, I, you know what the it's funny the complex story versus the fun, like you know it's it's just as hard to make some a fun. It's it's as complicated to make a fun story as it is to make what is considered a complex story. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Like it's all it's all getting to the like the, the 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 root honesty of the moment, right? And that that in itself can be very difficult. Like some people just cannot do it. They do not have the ability to do it. Uh, and, and, and others live there and, and can't do anything but be honest, right? And, and, and I, I admire that a, 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 a tremendous amount. So, you know, I just saw The Incredibles 2, which I, I thought was one of the great achievements in the, in, in the genre of, 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 like, of all time. And, and it was that perfect example of it was so emotionally true that it appeared complicated. But it wasn't. It was just emotionally. Does that make Not sense? With you. Like it was so honest that it brings in you so much 
so much truth that you you're, it brings up all your truth. And you go, wow, I just had a complicated experience with the story. And it's just, no, because they, they got that. Awesome. Just it gets you as a, and like for me, like it gets me as a father and it gets me uh, with with son and daughter and it gets me reminding what it was like to be a son. You know what I mean? So it gets you all over I hear the place. You. It's a tremendous movie. I, I know people, some people like, oh, it's not as good as the first. I think it's far better than the first. Almost Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I really do. I think it's it's the godfather, too, of animated movies. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's a good pull quote. I like that. Damn. I, uh, yeah, I, I was going to write him a fan letter. I Contact so Brad Bird immediately. Absolutely. That's. Yeah, I, I, I literally. Oh. That's great. Mm. I'm excited. Yeah. No, you know, I, um, I've been too busy. I finally saw Solo last week. I loved it. I, I don't understand where the hate's coming from. I, I didn't. I didn't think it was perfect, but I found it incredibly entertaining. And sorry, haters, I'm just on the other side. Yeah, I, I guess we're gonna have, we're gonna have it out here on the radio, buddy. I I, I gotta say, I really wow. didn't like it. And, and I don't want to like not I, take away people's of enjoyment course. of it. Like like I, I I like I've lost all taste of that. Like I know some people really get off and really ruining it for people. <laughs> like it's not enough for me not to like it, but uh, uh, I, I can't imagine a movie I, I was looking forward to more since nineteen seventy seven. You know, I I I, I just I, the cinematography was baffling to me. Oh, interesting! Yeah, like, like it was almost it was almost like in blurry black and was white. Was it Ron Howard's regular guy or not? Because you pay more attention to that than I do. No, no, it wasn't. But but he doesn't have like regular guys. But he does work with the best guys, and that's how Ron Howard is a, an exceptionally visual director who has made scrumptious movies. Sure. Cinderella Man is gorgeous. That movie, love it, love it. Right. So, and I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a a, a rooting for Ron Howard guy. We, we let this this week, this month, the 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 Bendis Friday Night uh, movies have been splashing big. Nice. So we've been, we've been, uh, and I know big is Betty Marshall. Shut up. That's okay. So, but we've been, I've been Ron Howarding my children. Like I'm, uh, you know, so I, I, I have no hate in my heart at all. Uh, but boy, oh boy! Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I even had the movie crush on. Uh, and forgive me, I forget the actress's name and the character's name. But I, oh, yeah, what is that well, exactly. I'm Star- one of those guys. Absolutely, it's Star Wars. First time you saw Star Wars, you knew their names. That's fair. Tell me the bad. Tell me the bad guy's name. Who was he? Because my son turned to me in the movie and said, "Who's the bad guy?" It's Star Wars. You should be able oh, to Oh, that's tell. interesting. I thought Paul Bethany, and again, yeah. I don't remember his character's name, but I thought he did great, and I liked... I thought Woody did great. That could have been a stupid character, and I I was okay with it. I thought he did fine. Um, there were a couple hokey moments. He's, the way Han Solo got his last name, it's like, yeah, whatever. I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, that actor, Love Paul way. Bethany. I, I'm, a, I'm, on, I'm on his side. He's, he's amazing in uh, the Coen Brothers movie. He's great in uh, what's what's Hail Hail Caesar. Oh no! Okay, you're no you're th- all right, you're thinking of Han, obviously the the, the main actor. Yeah, okay, Han I was saying to Paul no. Bethany, the bad yeah. guy, but no, I oh, me no, no, too. Paul Bethany, no, 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 I like all those actors. They're all well, good and, actors, but I just, just but but a lot of people don't know um, Han Solo from. Well, and I always other forget work. his name as well. But and it's so funny because literally I was talking with Art and Franco like two days ago. Well, I know it's not. He's not the same guy from Baby Driver. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> he is though the same guy that was in as I'm sure you saw. The Warren Beatty Howard Hughes movie rules don't apply. Are you sure that wasn't Dilber Maroney? That was definitely not. Dilber. Yeah, I know. 
I liked it. <laughs> no, I really. I, did you like that movie, the Howard Hughes movie? No, I, I, I'm a huge. You know, Warren Beatty's probably my all-time favorite director, and I no, I, I, I it, it, it's a sketch at best. Oh, I liked it. It, it is, it is much like Hitchcock and other directors. Uh, it is it is a a lesser work of a of a much stronger director. Fair enough. Okay, and I agree. I, yeah, oh, yeah I, I, I definitely I, think there's that's nothing true. wrong with it. I was very entertained by it, but knowing what 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 Warren Beatty, uh, Red's era Warren Beatty would oh, have done sure, with that story. Sure. Holy shit! Yeah, you know that. You know, dude. Honestly, as I read more and more about like the Hollywood legends, um, there's a great John Wayne biography that is inc- it's warts and all. It's not a rah 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 John Wayne. I mean, it's it absolutely. Takes his politics, takes his uh, kind of feeble attempts to get into World War II and, you know, his unwillingness to be an enlisted man. But can I get a special assignment sort of thing? But it was really interesting reading about the John Fords, the Henry Hathaways and all these great directors, uh, Howard Hawks, that Wayne stuck with Mm -hmm. well into their dotage. And it's like, you know, they kind of lose it at the end. Even Hellman, Hitchcock, family plot is certainly not as strong as. Rear Window or, or, you know, Vertigo or some of his classics, obviously. Yeah, and by the way, like, uh, Wolf of Wall Street's probably Scorsese's best technical movie. Like, so it's not, a, a, like, a universal thing that people lose their edge as they get older. That, that George Miller. Not, you know Yeah, no, yeah. And, oh, by the way, and everybody behind the scenes in that movie, that cinematographer is in his 70s, True. too. And that's the best work True. that guy's ever done. Uh, so it's... um. Um, it depends. Yeah, I, I'm not a big. I'm not a believer in the. You, uh, you, you lose it yeah, as you get older. But some, like, it's, yeah, it's not necessarily. Yeah, it's not a. It's not a generality I believe in. But 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 in this case, it, 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 it is. You. you could you couldn't help think that that a younger director would have would have murdered. Interesting. That stuff. But yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate what you're saying. And again, it, also also Scorsese did a better version of the material already. He touched upon all the truths of that story from a better perspective with, you know, with much, much, much education. I can, I watch anytime Aviator is on, I immediately will, it sucks yeah, me. It, it's, I, I can't take Agreed. my eyes off it. It's, it, I'll, I'll never t- turn it off. I'm with you. Time. No, I'm with yeah. you. Yeah. So back to Man of Steel. No. Um, oh, yeah. That, <laughs> we no, no, it's, hey baby. man. We are so People awesome. love this, you know that. For people don't know who just tuning in, uh, John and I have been doing this for many, many years, and and our friendship grew over the course of the podcast. and uh, And one of the joys is that we can we can start on Superman and end on Warren Beatty, and have absolutely no <laughs> idea how we got there. And then uh, and and you will listen and go, we don't know why we. It's kind listening. of our recommended reading and recommended viewing list as we as we do it these is. things for the newbies. So yes, and hey, man, yeah. honestly. Uh, a great response from our last conversation in anticipation of the Superman work. So thank you. Uh, I know there are more yes, new leader, listeners, so thank you very much for joining and liking what I'm doing here and liking hearing uh, Brian and me talk. You are right. I should have opened with that. May I say, I did tweet about it uh, at the time, but uh, our conversation about my illness and everything, I saved a lot of the, that stuff for that podcast so we could – because none, none of it was really tweet or bloggable. Yeah. You know, it's a conversation, yeah. and uh, and and the response was uh, uh, really overwhelming. I, to me, uh, at least in in my face, it was it was people really uh, were overwhelmingly 
warm and generous with us. So Agreed. thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's, it's, you know, we, we talk, it's almost like you're talking into a vacuum when you do a podcast, <laughs> right? It, you know, like you put it on iTunes, which is like the coldest thing in the world, <laughs> right? A little white line and you put it on there and go, all right. And then, and then it, it's so abstract that people hear it, but other than you see the numbers, right? So when you really feel people responding, it's yeah, lovely. no, it's it truly, I, I appreciate it as well. So thank you very much. So back to Man of Steel. How do you yes. say uh, this villain's name? Rogel Zar. Rogel Zar. Okay. Yeah, as I said in the last po- podcast, Rogel was the name of the doctor oh, who right. uh, helped save my life. Uh, she was uh, a, a very amazing. Uh, but very, very business, uh, all business German doctor uh, who ran her staff very, very determinedly. And so for for many days, I, I couldn't see her. I would just feel her presence and her reaction to her, you know, pushing on my face because I was very swollen with a MRSA yeah. infection. And then uh, I, and, and I would be Dr. Rogel. So that, that I, and I, I just to get through the day, I'm like, well, that, I'm going to use that name for something. <laughs> And, uh, and so, uh, so it was so amazingly, uh, days later when I could finally open my eyes and there's this lovely, lovely woman who really, really took such care to, to really save me. And I said, I have such news for you. I'm going to make you the villain in Superman. And she, I just think thought I was some crazy person in the hospital and said, Oh, great. And then the next day clearly had Googled me and was very excited that I was telling the truth. <laughs> and had I had pulled up a bunch of uh, Mark Silvestri drawings of women with like um, uh, swords and like bikini, like metal bikinis and stuff, like Red Sonia like okay. characters, like Aphrodite Nine, and said, "I want to look like this." I mean, you do? <laughs> well, you're not going to. <laughs> Bad news. Yeah. <laughs> so I liked, and we haven't had a chance to talk. You were very kind to send me. In advance, the the first issue of Man of Steel, you and Mike Shelley. Yeah, I thank you guys for for doing that from DC. Um, sure. I the Council of Aliens at the beginning of the story, and I know Zaradeth yeah. is in there. Uh, Adam Strange's father in law from Ron. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, do we know the other people that? And and, and obviously there was yeah, a guardian uh, there. Starfire's Starfire's dad is in okay. there. Um, and, um, uh, Appa, uh, the, uh, the, the once unhinged member of the guardians okay. who has, who has since passed, uh, in, in continuity. Um, but he, he was there and was a big part of it. And two new characters, which we are going to be meeting in the pages of Superman, Supergirl and Elf and, uh, and other places as we build up the galactic side of the DC universe a little bit more as, as are the, um, some of the justice league. Books. That's excellent. And honestly, for a moment, uh, Zaradeth is really one of my favorite characters. And especially again, since the silver age, how he's become more complex, uh, with, um, the Kubert's Adam strange book and Andy Diggle's Adam strange book, uh, you know all the different iterations, yeah. and it's cool to see him that go f- that far back, century-wise or whatever, to Krypton's explosion, and that he was, uh, you know, present and active in that in that way. Yeah, that 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 casting came together very um, smoothly because uh, honestly, there haven't been a lot of 
retrofitting of stuff with a lot of these characters yet. So there's a lot of places to fill in anything. Sure. You know what I mean? Like we don't know what they used to do before Teen right. Titans. Like we never heard yeah. of them before Teen Titans. So what did he do before Starfire was born? We like nothing. So putting anything in there um, that that makes logical or story sense uh, is is almost um, you you find some of these characters uh, are are thirsty for it. They're welcoming it, and then the audience uh, feels the same way. Like uh, and you're right. Like like uh, when you, when you read some of this stuff. I go, oh, this writer felt the same way I did when I read some of the stuff in the 80s and 90s. Like, oh, there's there's more meat on this bone. Like, there's there's more yeah. story to tell here. I, I I hope someone tells that story, and then you're surprised. Oh, I'm the person. I get to tell the story. <laughs> so that, you know, that happened to me at Marvel, obviously, quite a few times. So it's um quite surprising. I guess, like, I was on Marvel for so long that it wouldn't be a... A uh, surprise to me that one day find out that I would have eventually written like let's say Fantastic Four, sure. right? Like that would like because I work there and that's something they publish. Like so, I never thought I would get to be the person that fills in the backstory of Planet Tamarin. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, it never occurred to me. So now that I get to do it, it's such a goddamn delight. Because I did, I wanted as a fan someone to do this, so I'm happy to be the person. Okay, that's to do yeah, that's Starfire's father, but the same thing, I guess, for Zaradath and uh, Ron. Yeah, all yeah, all of it. it it's um, we we made we made a little map. We like to make a little <laughs> maps. It's not a it's not a Jonathan Hickman circle <laughs> map. It's a, it's more of like a flow chart of things that happened. What you know, like if you looked like at a, like a flow chart of uh, American history. What are the 10 things that you would mark as the most important moments, sure. right? And then you mark those moments, and then from there, you can really start building. Excellent. And just, you're going to see, like, and in, in, I posted some art um, on Instagram uh, yesterday on DC's Instagram account. Uh, issue two, we're going to we're going to show some uh, Rogol and Planet Tamarin uh, stuff, and it's epic in scope. It cool. is gorgeous. That's awesome, yeah. man. No, that's great, man. And again, uh, you know, us older readers are like, oh, that's fantastic. And so, and that's great that there are two mystery people that were of that council that will be explored later. So that's very good. I wanted to make sure. I'm like, should I when recognize I was, these people or not? Reading, so there you go. Yes. When I was a, 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 a devoted reader of Legion of the Superheroes during um, Great Darkness Saga <laughs> years and beyond, um, they had a great capacity to let you feel right at home, let you know everything you need to know, and also feel like there is so much more story here. Holy yes. shit. Yes. You know, there's so much going on. Yeah. Right. But ne- but never made you feel like buried in it. Like like you're like it's impenetrable. And uh it's kind of like I, I feel like I don't I you know I don't watch a show, but how I feel people are getting the same uh kick out of Game of Thrones. Like that's what they like. Like there's there's levels in which you can engage the show. Understood. Yeah. Right. And so I, I always feel like with, with with stuff like this, with with grand continuity, and Avengers was a book with grand continuity, right? Not just uh, following a character along the thing, but this group of characters, their actions is creating an enormous effect on their universe. So it's uh, so so this this epic continuity, this grand continuity, um, is it, it, something. I'm looking to achieve in Superman because that's the language of Legion kind of came from Superman. And I kind of want to like have that feeling 
when you're out in in Superman's universe. Does that sure. make sense? Because we we get Clark's universe, but Superman's universe is much more complicated, and we have to fill in it with stuff like that. So we've created this 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 uh, like the 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 history of the DC Galactic, and these are like the elements, and then and we'll be unveiling them. As we go. Well, and you close the chapter of uh, the Superman universe, Candor. Wow. Yikes. Yeah, I know. I, I was genuinely surprised. I didn't get my ass kicked as much <laughs> as I thought I was going to. I wasn't looking for it. I To, to be fair, I know some people, like, when we, when we joke about it, they think I'm looking for a fight. I, I'm, not, I'm genuinely not. But, but, it, it, but the story was writing itself, and uh, it was one of those, it, it wasn't a planned moment. Uh, but when the character got to the place, the moment revealed itself, and it scared me when I was writing it. I went, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then it went, oh, yeah, that's it. We're there. That's the oh, no moment. If if, if I'm saying oh, no, and then I, I handed it in to the editors without having, like, pitched it, and it, it got the reaction you want, which is, oh, no. <laughs> but they were cool with so, it, obviously. Um, or were they, were they not I, cool I, with it? I, I, I think because we handled it with such tradition, it went well. Also, uh, there hasn't been a lot of candor in the, in sure. the books. So it, it wasn't like, you know, and also the most people have heard about candor was them being terrorists in uh, Dark Knight 3. Yes, yes. So I think they're pretty much okay with it. <laughs> I understand. Well, and um, no, interesting timing. And, and well, certainly, you know, were you aware of where Krypton was going? While you were writing this, or no? Uh, no, no. I, I, I was told uh, I was in good company. <laughs> uh, but no, and I, I certainly didn't. I wouldn't want to be influenced, or you know, like everyone tell their well, story. Sure. You know, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Although sometimes it does make sense to be in sync with what you know is going on in the movies or television. So, but but because their perspective, no, because we know we had the conversation. It was their perspective, and and the story they were telling was from. Like this year yeah. one, like, like like there's no place where this story is going to touch True. that story. And also, no matter how our story pans out, it doesn't affect what happened to Krypton. Oh right, and yeah. like the story of Superman is n- and and what happened to Krypton and the stories of Krypton have not been changed at all. Nothing changes except that behind the scenes there was this other thing. Yeah, no, I like it, and, and I think it was a good. It's just like what Snyder did, I think with the council of owls where, where you really yeah, think you've yeah, gone yeah, everywhere you can go with Batman. And all of a sudden Snyder's like, yeah, how about this? And how about this with Gotham and everything? And certainly what Tom's doing right now. And I was so happy for Tom again, for a quick aside that, that New York times reveal, I'm sorry, man. It, it just seems so unnecessary. Thank God there was that final page that when people read that, it's like, Oh, look at what's going on. And now this has become a much bigger story. Of course. And, and, um, I get people's frustration with it. I'm not a fan of it. Uh, I, 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 New, York, New York Times is very good sure. to me. <laughs> um, and, and has been, no, they Absolutely. have been for, for a long time, including that a lovely spotlight they did on me when I came yep. to Superman, yep. right? To be, to be profiled in the New York Times and even like in the business section. Like it was, it was really nice, sure. right? Uh, and, then, and then someone who I'll never meet, who I never spoke to, change the headline to can someone save Superman? Like, right. Which is insulting to everyone who's ever touched the character uh, yeah, in any yeah. medium. 
right? And a headline that I would have begged them not to do, and a headline that I, of course, would have, I would have, I would have passed on the article if I knew that was the headline. To be honest with you, sure, right? Of course. So, but I have no control over it, and neither did the writer right, or anyone. That's... It's an editor in an office, and if you watch the Fourth Estate on Showtime, which I couldn't recommend more. May I say, on many, many Second levels, to tell me this. please watch the Fourth Estate Excellent on Showtime. It is, it, it is boggling, but you can see how the machine works, and they are, they are a clickbait machine of the highest order, and they put their headlines to read whatever they think is going to get people to click on them. Understood. And well, and again, the um, I just think that the marriage would have been sufficient to remind the mainstream non-comics reading audience, hey, you might be interested in this in 50, Batman and Catwoman are on the you know, at the aisle and everything. And, and, oh, and yeah, no, no. That's I, the they, disappointment. No one should have spoiled, no should have spoiled yeah. his story. Yeah. And the only person that should spoil his story is right. Tom King. He's the only person. Everyone else thinks they have the right to spoil. And I'm telling you, I've, I can speak of this from experience, right? I have had people make tons of money off of my work. That You know what I mean? And it isn't that they're doing it for the for, for the greater good of journalism. They're, they're doing it to sure. make money. I, I, I know what happens in his story before you do. I'm going to tell you if you click on this, and then I get a penny. Right? And I don't give a shit about anything else. So it bums me out. I, and, I, and I obviously have had a bit of a better seat than, than others to see how personal and how much the story means to him. So, yeah, it's a bummer when you see people just like, getting all in the outrage machine out of something I even have any control in, of. At both companies, DC and Marvel, do they tell you in advance, yeah. hey, we're going to do this story, and by the way, it's going to spoil X? And more so Marvel, obviously, because of the track record you had there. Yeah, you know, I, and Marvel, yeah, but it would be it'd be a meeting about we're going to leak it, but like, like it's should we leak it? If we leak it, do, it doesn't help. Is, you know what I mean? But believe it or not, there's certain leaks that do help. I've had leaks that have driven me crazy. Like, and we've talked about it in the air, right? Where there have been like spoilers in other books uh, of stuff of mine. And I'm like, oh, and it ends up my book went through the roof because okay. of the spoiler. Sure. Right? Like through sure. the roof. And so, so it's always like frustrating that I can't even be frustrated on my high horse because it all kind of worked <laughs> out. But what you want, which is that the book yeah. did well and everybody had a reaction. So, um. Yeah, so it would be we're going to spoil this, or it'd be like they are going to spoil this. Brace yourself, okay. and that is okay. a bump. This is running in two hours. Gird your loins, <laughs> and, and there's and 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 that has happened. There's nothing we. Can I, do I think about we found our title for uh, tonight's episode. Gird your loins. Gird your loins. I think it's from uh, it's from uh, the Double Wears Prada, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's not saying. I, of course, uh, told you I'm, I'm happy for you and Olivia that Mamma Mia 2 is uh, coming out. <laughs> well, I was laughing as what you were texting me about that because you're right, because Olivia, uh, in our house, just you know, my daughter is a film student and, uh, of course, uh, despised um, Mamma Mia uh, as much as her cousins that are the same age love Mamma Mia and think it's the Star Wars of our generation. <laughs> and these are, these are, her, her nieces are like my daughters. I love them dearly and I, I, I can't. Wait for them to see that what is clearly a terrible, terrible, awful Mamma Mia what? 2. And it's so funny, my daughter came barreling down the stairs and goes, Meryl Streep is so clearly dead in this trailer. 
It's so funny. What do you think killed her? <laughs> and I said, oh, Pierce Brosnan singing. <laughs> but what was funny to, to rewind a little bit was um, uh, my, you know, school's out and, and my daughter's starting a lot of intense film stuff in the fall. So she came down and she goes, hey, can you start um, showing me um, some of the films I'm going to see in film school um, in the fall? And I go, oh, yeah, absolutely. She goes, well, let me get a list. I go, Please, honey, I know the list. Darling, come on. <laughs> so um, we've been, uh, so while you were uh, goofing on her about watching Mamma Mia 2, she was actually sitting on my couch with a little notebook watching Goodfellas right, for the first time. And it was a lot. And we had we had the best time. Honestly, it was it was. Uh, and people who who know this, you know, showing your kids at any age anything is great. But once they're at that age where you can really show them art and discuss sure. it, is ah, uh, it is so great. It, man, it, we we had the best time. And of course, the the highlight of the whole of the thing is she's she's riveted. I mean, it, it's not her first Scorsese. She saw Hugo. Okay. Okay. Uh, sure. But it's I'm an adult watching an adult movie, Scorsese, yes. and um, and right in the middle of the movie, she just turns to me. She goes, "B movie." I go, "What?" She goes, "That's where I know Ray Liotta from." He was a voice in the B movie. He plays Ray Liotta in the. Oh, B I movie. had no idea. I haven't seen Seinfeld's B movie. He's Ray Liotta as Ray Liotta in B movie. That's the only place a young woman would have ever seen Ray Liotta. <laughs> Or the Chantix commercials, of course. Of course. <laughs> Which I targeted right on my 15-year-old daughter. It's on right right in between Andy Mack and uh, whatever. And the, the walk-in anyway. tubs for the retirees and everything. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> Terrible. Um, all right. So back to... You know what TV you're watching. Me TV? What are you you're talking about, man? Dana Gould... I love Lucy Dana Gould and I totally bonded over that. It's true. It's where we're, and I've, I've got the new cell line for me TV where television comes to die, and it's <laughs> and uh, it's kind of true. Uh, it's kind of true. Uh, come on, man, Perry Mason every night, twice a day. Thank you. Twice a day. <laughs> yes, Your Honor. Um, all right, so back to Superman. Uh, Jor El. I'm really glad you picked that up because. Yeah, what a gift from uh mr jurgens and uh i think we talked about this when we first talked about i i i started reading and uh i called over and i said oh is uh, uh who who is he really like i thought is it really mixed sure. books or something right and they go no no it's it's wow. Dorel. i'm like oh great and they go do you i can you live with that and i'm like oh this is like the like a like a hanukkah present <laughs> it is so yeah we have uh yeah you know you want a relatable Superman? Here comes Jor El. Right, and again, you will relate. Trust, I, I will relate. It's, it's exciting. No, it's exciting, and I love again even those conversations that we've gotten so far in the six issues. Well, I guess the couple issues that he finally appears in. But yeah, that whole thing of I sent you here for a mission, and it wasn't just to pull people out of a burning building or whatever. However, he says it, and it's I love that stuff, man, and it's. There's another again a callback to the Bronze Age. I don't know if you remember this story. You might have been you might have been a little too young, but where where <laughs> Jonathan Kent and it's done in a very Bronze Age or Silver Age Superman way that an alien granted him a wish 20 years earlier, and that was that beyond his years he'll be able to see his son as an adult man. Oh yeah, okay, I read there, that yeah. one. What are you talking about? There you go, man. Exactly. And you got like literally like 80, 
That's like in every greatest Superman story collection. Is it ever. okay? There you go. Yeah, I didn't, well, again, you've been doing your research. You know that better than I, because I feel like yeah, I read it the first time. I I spent my thirty five cents back then or whatever it was. But yeah, I love that story again because there's some real panache yeah. there of of like ninety year old Jonathan Kent, you know, having these conversations again because it was in great hands like Carrie Bates and Elliot Magan and Marty Pasco and everything that you know they could really bring the true character of of these people. No, but you're 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 bringing up an interesting uh, idea. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll and, and I'm in the middle of my thoughts on this, so I'll I'll just put it out there for other creators to think about as well. But um, I someone had pointed out on Tumblr how many um, big Marvel stories are actually old what if headlines, like what if like yeah, titles, sure, right. Like, what if this be? What if Jane Foster became right? Thor? What if, like, you know? And uh, and what was interesting, and I don't, and and I know for for my point of view, that it was all uh, sub deep subconscious, right? But I love those what if stories, and I love DC Elseworlds stories, and I think what we loved about them is that we knew we were going to get to a real truth, right? That the point of this. Um, this this journey outside the normal was we're gonna we're gonna get to a, like a real uh, a deep um, reveal about the character that we couldn't get normally or we're gonna get to it faster or or deeper right um, and those are the good ones Gotham by Gaslight uh, any good what if yeah blah 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 and I think that for creators like myself and like Jason Aaron and whatnot who grew up with that stuff we would often find ourselves with getting a deeper emotional truth. From those stories, Dark Knight Returns and Watchmen included, yes. right? And when now that we found ourselves in charge of um, the books, that you go, well, why can't I get to that emotional? Like, like you know what I mean? Like, I, I well, that that emotional truth should be in the book, not in the fantasy about the book. Sure. And I and I think that subconsciously, when you find something like that, like, and I'll I'll say about Superman too, like, I would often be moved by those stories. Those imaginary stories would be quite moving. Agreed. More moving than a normal Superman versus like Ab- Luthor, even story, in the right? Silver Age, I completely agree. Absolutely. So I so I'm saying to you that I think subconsciously, like looking at my choices and and just in just the last few issues that I just reread. Uh, getting back into my Superman run for myself, that I said, "Oh, look at that! I've not, I've not ripped off any of these old stories, but I'm certainly gunning for that emotion." Does yeah, that make sense? Yeah, of course. No, awesome, man. All right. So I've been thinking about that. I've been thinking about other writers too, and and what our goals have been, and where they've come from, and who really inspired us. And everyone goes, "Oh, Frank Miller and Al Moore really inspired you," and I'm like. Really, was it? Because then you start pulling apart what their favorite thing ever was, and it was something by Marty Pascal or Bill Mantlo. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> and or, or, or you know, so it starts. It starts to get into a much deeper uh, discussion about you know where you were really getting your 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 truth nutrients from the character from, like which 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 creators really carried the water, like Dan Jurgens. Carried Superman's water for You're 30 damn straight. years. Yep. 30 years. And only now can we take a step back and give him that slow golf clap that he so Absolutely. deserves. For, for doing it, um, I think in the coolest way possible. Like, 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 it, like what he did for Superman is as important as what Claremont did for X-Men, but he did it um, 
just in this chill way. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. Not and it was, it wasn't under the radar. It was very much sure. on radar, but it was just, it just became like you, you know, I, I don't know. Just looking at it now, I'm just so flabbergasted about what he accomplished and how often he. Well, and you're right, and and it's stepping back and realizing, like you said, literally 30 years of of doing it. And, you know, creating Doomsday and, and also not just creating Doomsday or co-creating Doomsday for the death of Superman, but even of those subsequent uh, Doomsday stories to even give him more of a, that Kryptonian backstory. And no, Dan, and I'm really glad. And I, and I know you've uh, professed and you both have your, your mutual uh, appreciation and friendship that has happened in the last few months because you guys have been together. Yeah, it, you know. He's one of the surprise um, guest stars of my new Understood. Life. No. Uh, it, like, I, I, and, and, and I just told him we were at the retreat together a yeah. couple weeks ago at DC. Um, not only uh, did he nail his 30 years uh, as the Superman writer, but, you know, even the dismount, uh, like I've dismounted <laughs> yeah. from books. That, that's sure. hard to do. It's hard to, un, un, you, you go through a lot of emotions. Right. Like uh, like like I couldn't read Daredevil after I was off Daredevil. I needed like six months before I could get in okay. Ed's run. Rebecca's run. Yeah. Like like it, it's a weird feeling. Like I love Ed. I love Daredevil. Why can't I read this right now? Like you like it's it's a weird feeling. He was an insanely gracious uh, uh, hander offer. Uh, and that unto itself is just it's such a show of character. And I, I, I and I was so grateful for that. Because he could have easily been a prick and been right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it was it was it was it was nothing like that. He was lovely, but I, I uh, on top of everything, he, you know, he met me all through all this getting over what happened to me in December. So he's never like I told him. I don't think he's met me yet. Like I, I think you're going to meet me now. Sure. Uh, so thank I said thank you for being always being a lovely bit of energy in my life while I'm recovering from all this. So it was, as it was a reader, nice. uh, I've always admired his work and it, both his writing and his art. And uh, it's been great doing word balloon for 12 years to kind of get to know him on the podcast level and seeing him at shows and truly one of my favorite people and uh, always, always a, just a good, good guy and uh, figures, you know, another, Mid- another Midwestern guys we both know, you know, I mean, it's uh He's just a well, good guy. you know, the, the internet likes to, as it's built for, you know, just champion and and stomp all over every misdeed and misword, and, and most of the time, as it should. But you know, you never ever ever hear any celebration of someone just being awesome every day. And many, 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 many comic creators uh, try to live to the example that they're writing towards yes you know what i mean it's it's hard not it's hard to write a green lantern and not want to be as good as green lantern i understand <laughs> if you're self-aware yeah. right i i have it on superman too i, I like i'm not tr- i'm not saying i'm as good as him but but you tell you like i'll tr- like you, you you can't help but go well why not why don't i be the best version of myself today as i'm sitting here writing about the someone trying to do that all day right so it does it does inspire you and and so i often find most people in comics are wired like, like with the hero sure. gene. You know what I mean, they're just good energy, good people making good choices more times than not. So it, it's 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 lovely when you when you're constantly reminded that that's a that's a, a generality that holds water. You, man. Dang, is Very that cool. thing. And that's I guess I'm feeling that a lot lately because of all my new friends at DC. It's a lot of people I didn't know before. 
Like I've I've had like a I've I've had like a, a real a real recasting from my point of view. <laughs> like there's a lot of uh, like new people. Like I I don't get to talk to Tom Brevoort or, or Nick Lowe anymore, but I get to talk to Mike Cotton and Brian Cunningham. You know, so it's 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 a lot of new people and 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 it's a lot of really good people at DC Comics. Like genuinely warm, caring people, and and that. Knowing that they're all over there at Marvel, and now knowing for a fact that they're over there at DC, it's it's a uh, it's it's nice to have that perspective to share with people. Understood. There's a good, there's really good energy, I think, at both companies right now, and that, that's my. Yeah. I'm sure people are like, yeah, fuck you. There's a lot of shitty books still, and it's like, I don't know, I'm, the ones I'm reading, I'm enjoying, and uh, uh, yeah, looking forward to. Listen, I tweet about this. This is easily one of the best summers you and I have ever been part of, quality wise. As yeah. far as the comic industry, whereas like everybody rolled up their sleeves to kick ass, and 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 a lot of people are connecting. It's really something. Completely I think it's going to be written about favorably. Like you know what I mean? Like nineteen eighty-five. Touchstone yeah. moment. I think you're right. No, I think you're right. And I'm not talking about my work. I know that sounds self-congratulatory. Um, I, I I I I wish people knew that when I refer to stuff like this. In my mind, I removed myself from the conversation. I, it's not how I think. No, I understand. Hey, man, uh, Josh Williamson's doing great with Flash. Um, he is. Oh, and speaking of which, me. you know, you had mentioned uh, finding shit where other people didn't find any shit. He found some stuff. He's got. He pitched an amazing thing about Flash at the DC retreat. Ooh. It was really yeah. I'm really excited for people to see what he what he does. Well, let's take a moment now that you mentioned the retreat. Tell me about. The similarities or differences between the Marvel retreat and the DC retreat. Well, I, I um, what you can say I, this one. This one was different. I was told by the people who were there, and I don't want to talk out of school too much, but um, that this one was a different one, and this one was um, much more everyone getting to know each other's work and everyone getting a chance of what everyone's goals were and everyone like what everyone what everyone's building and what pieces can we build together. Like what, what piece, what can go, oh, I'm doing that with Green Lantern while you're doing that with Black Lightning. We could do that together. You know, that cool. kind of stuff, cool. right? And, and that that wasn't, and it wasn't unlike, um, now that the dust has cleared, uh, the first retreat we did with Bill Jemis many years okay. ago, where we just went around the room and everybody either pitched their book or pitched... Um, the the series and it was based and it and, and I've talked about this in the past so people can skip if they don't want to hear it again but in this retreat it was many years ago it wasn't about anything other than why do we publish this book and it was literally like yeah 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 we own Iron Man but that's not a reason to publish the book it's what's the point of the book what is the theme of the book what is the truth the book is supposed to hit and is it and if not what can we do to do it. And from this conversation came Josh Whedon's X-Men, Warren Ellis's Extremists. Uh, I started on New Avengers. It was it was quite a quite a quite an interesting and fascinating uh, rigmarole, which a lot of good stuff came out of. Okay. Right. So it wasn't unlike that. Interesting. And in that, where there was a lot of people who knew each other, but there was a lot of people who didn't really know each other or knew each other from different worlds. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Um, Here's me and one of my best friends, Kelly Sue. We've never been at a retreat together. Marvel never had her at a retreat, which wow. was always interesting. Yeah. And um and and she killed at the DC of course she retreat. Did. I was just oh she killed. So it was so I'm thrilled fun. for her. Yeah. And yeah. um uh um but but so everybody uh got to just like say, 
here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm hoping to do. Here's why I'm hoping to do it. And if like, and I, I had some pieces that were specific and I'll talk about them next year. You can ask me what I was talking about, but there was a couple pieces that, that Dan had asked me and Tom and um, Scott and Jeff to actually like uh, bring to the table, like bring this to the group so we can, we can discuss it. And uh, um, uh, so that was surreal for me to um, be presenting in, at a retreat when it was like my first one for them. But um, uh, it wasn't, honestly, it was funny. It wasn't unlike our classroom where everyone, like with me and David Walker's classroom mm-hmm. where the students get up and pitch and we just talk about what's working and, and you know, where, where there might be a surprise or two if you keep digging. And it was a lot of fun. That's awesome. I, I heard a lot of good, good stories, you know. And also, like, there was some for for me personally. There was some surrealness on top of, of there being me and me and Kelly Sue being in there. There's a uh, yeah, Josh Williamson was one of my first yes. students. In my in my first semester teaching, Josh Williamson was a student. So now here we are sitting next to each other at a retreat. Yeah, it's hilarious. That's great. That's excellent. Yeah, and we're, we're peers, and 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 so and and Scott, me and Scott Snyder used to sneak off together at. San Diego con and whisper shit about <laughs> what each other was doing behind everyone's back. And now we're on the same team. Sure. Absolutely. That's great, man. No, that's terrific. And Josh, we finally connected and he, uh, if all goes well, you know, again, San Diego is coming post San Diego. I, I hope to have Josh on either in the late no, summer because yeah. it's been a long time coming. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that hasn't Me too. happened. You guys are no, yeah, they, they, yeah we, we met face to face last San Diego and then even talked in New York briefly last fall. And no, it's going to happen. And uh, Jesus, man, I loved his Captain Midnight that he did for Dark Horse. I thought that was really great. So, you know, let alone yeah, the yeah. Flash stuff that he's been doing and with Rebirth and everything. No, he's he's terrific. And um, yeah, long time coming, but it'll it'll happen. And yeah, I'm loving I'm loving Flash right now. It's, I think it's one of the best DC books out there, obviously. So. Yeah, so we, so we, uh, it was, you know, it was very unique. It's a very unique time at DC Comics as well, and and we can all feel it on, on top of like, oh, we're this weird new group of creators um, from all walks of life. Um, we're either all starting in the middle of, or just got approved. What might be the biggest book we ever do? Right or, or or among the biggest books we ever do, and we all know it. We're we're all we're all smart enough to know like this is it. This is it. This is our time, right? And and everyone's acting accordingly, and and so when everyone's kind of rolling up their sleeves to do honest good work, and everyone's got their head on straight, it's pretty exciting. So you walk out of a room with forty fifty people, and they're all on the same page. It's pretty. It's pretty exciting. Everyone's been emailing each other since, and everyone's pretty jacked up. I, I, I wish fans could see this. You, you, honestly, you, you, just, just so you would feel so much. You would love your purchases so much more if you saw so much positive energy being made around them. That's great because you know I'll, I'll admit I was uh, pre-rebirth one of those very frustrated DC fans. That wasn't liking what was coming out, and it wasn't anything personal as far as creators. I know everyone has the greatest intention of writing the, and drawing the best stories they possibly can, but I just wasn't feeling it. And then when Dan came around and was doing the Retailer Summits about Rebirth, I happened to luckily get a pass and, and be a fly on the wall. And yeah, I, it was like, okay, 
sounds great, but show me. And truly, I think Rebirth did what it needed to do. And again, I think this new chapter that everyone is, is entering now, uh, you know, the evidence so far has been great stories and, and understanding the characters, getting back to, like you said, that Gemma's feeling of why do we tell this? Why is this book necessary? What are we trying to achieve with this book? And I think it is coming. It's coming through in the books I'm reading. I'm not reading everything. Yeah, and I, I've told anyone who would listen that the, I, there's nothing wrong with doing that every goddamn day. <laughs> Why are you doing this? <laughs> and are you are you on course? Yeah. Just to make sure you're on course. And by the way, if, if you feel good about it, good, you're good. Don't worry about it. You know, I'm saying overthink it. But you know, a lot of people get lost in the weeds in their work. They do. They like everybody, sure. right? There's nothing wrong with taking a step back, for, yeah. you know, or, or or standing. You know, do do a dead poet society. Stand on your chair. Look down at your desk. You know, look look from a different perspective. But uh, but to re, to go to a macro for you for a second, what you're seeing um, over the last couple of weeks in particular is the fruition, uh, and for me in a way, almost the miraculous fruition of a lot of promises that were said specifically to me uh, when I was being courted to come over. Um, about customer outreach, retailer outreach, character outreach, um, the DC Universe program, the Walmart program, the DC Nation program. These are massive, huge swings looking for new audience for people who love these characters, right? And I am watching one after the other, promise kept, promise kept, promise kept. I am so so happy about what they're doing and i'm even though there i know there's some retailers that are that are struggling with it but most of them i can tell have gone yeah yeah we need to do something sure right and yeah you like and it was so funny there was someone was yelling at me online about the walmart thing and how they said yes i am one of those customers that first um picked up a comic book in the 7-eleven and i found my local comic store because i looked up in the yellow pages but not everyone's going to do course. that but I'm like, yeah, but you did it. <laughs> Why do you think you're a special person? <laughs> I um, yeah. So 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 I, I see that people really see that that the, these initiatives uh, are 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 one thousand percent positive towards the health of this industry. Very cool. And 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 I'm I I, I signed on to be part of it. Is um now you know and we as we talk about it, I I texted you I thought. That um, and I have the initial the initial Walmart books have come out right this week. Yeah, so uh, um, uh, mine and Tom's Superman and Batman stories start in issue three. Um, so that that was always the case. Um, magazine distribution is different than um, comic book distribution. You know a little bit about this. Let me take you down a let me let me take you down a story <laughs> path here. In comics, when a book debuts. And it sells out. Everybody goes, phew. And sometimes they order more. But most of the time, they just go, move on to the next thing. In every other industry, if something sells out, they order more of the next one. Okay. Yeah. It's only in comics where number one sold 80,000 and sold out. So let's order half of number two. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> in, in And I learned this. It was funny uh, with another magazine initiative I was part of. But when the third issue sales came in, they were like three times the first issue sales because that's how the, 
that's how the normal distribution sure. world works. So, uh, so that's what's happening. We'll we'll be in the third issue uh, for twelve straight issues. Okay. In fact, just last night, Nick Darrington, uh, who is drawing uh, the Batman uh, epic with me, uh, uh, um, it, it came over and and laid out a bunch of pages, and they were they were quite excellent. Something. What what else can quite quite what special. else can you tell us? Anything about uh, the story? It's called Batman Universe. I, a few things actually. Um, uh, each cha- it's it's twelve chapters of twelve pages, and each chapter has Batman on a he's he's on a MacGuffin quest. He's looking for something, and what what it is, it's a pretty big piece of DC stuff, right? Uh, and I don't want to spoil what it is, but it, the 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 chase takes him into different areas of the DC universe, some of which he's familiar with, some of which he is not. Uh, and, and and I am cheating a little bit using Batman as kind of like a travel log so I can visit some places I want to visit to see if I, I like to write them or I just want to visit them because I love them sure. so much. Um, but it, it is, uh, and, but it also gives Nick an opportunity to unveil some like different styles for all these different worlds that we're going to visit and di- different parts of things and different designs for things. So um, yeah, it's, it's a big one. Lots of guest stars, green arrow, a guest star, um, Riddler's right up in front in the beginning. Uh, my first Riddler. Oh, Riddler. My first okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have We have a, a new character debuting in the second chapter who's actually going to be a, a big part of something that's in my imprint. So there oh, will cool. be pieces debuting in the Walmart that will carry over into DC Universe property wow. as well. Wow. Well, th- that sounds great. Um, now, before one last thing about Man of Steel – Obviously, the end of uh, Lois uh, and John going off with Jor-El. And, you know, my favorite uh, quote about Superman comes from our friend Greg Rucka, where he says, yeah, you you know, bullets bounce off of Superman, but you can break his heart. Well, it, yeah, you know, I was I was a big believer in that with Luke Cage as well. Sure. You know what sure. I mean? Like, like uh, you, you don't think you can hurt him? You can hurt him. Um uh, what I'm excited about and what I've been eager to tell people is that, and I get why uh, a, a lot of audience has been trained to think, oh, we're never going to see Lois and John again for as long as I'm on this book, <laughs> right? That, that, that is, uh, that is I, I get that. That has happened in comics, right? But have I ever done that? Have I ever shelved like a beloved character forever? Not forever, as but... I was, I was there. I, I, I'm trying to think. Like, I know we put Nick Fury away for a while. Well, and to- I mean, you had Tony but, as an but, artificial, artificial intelligence, but I, I, I have to confess, Bri, I, I, got, I got no problem with Riri Williams. Right. I was missing Tony in Iron Man. I have to say that. Okay. No, I'll get you with that. But to, to me, he was always there. I like, he always felt like he was in the room. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't think we went a page without Tony being mentioned or talking. I hear you. Yeah, so that was. I, I but I get why people thought it was that. But but anyway, but but um, it was so funny. But yeah, we're sending Lois and and, uh, and John away, and they're coming back with a story. They're 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 coming back immediately with whole. You know, uh, uh, oh my God, or you better come over here, or hey, here's a surprise. Grandpa's crazy. Help. <laughs> so um, I just like to tell people that Lois returns and is in Action Comics 1001, the very next issue, not in flashback. That's how quickly her oh, return wow. is. Oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> so John's off with Grandpa. 
Exactly. Interesting. Well, See, is it a good Marlon Brando every, experience? Or? Just, I want everyone to enjoy because I promise you I am on a, a quest to uh, surprise and delight those who think they have seen it all. Right. So the only frustrating there is, yeah, you think John's gone now, except, oh, we have such a much better story. Also, (laughs) if you read one year of Pete Tomasi's work, how could you not see the insane value of John? Yes. Right. It's, it's like 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 the, the the greediest writer in the world, the, the the most selfish writer in the world. What a win! What a big pile of win I've been handed in John, yes. right? And as a father, right, and myself, and I'm young. I'm, I'm my my first son that I'm I'm yes. you know I was say dealing with because he punches me in the balls all day. <laughs> That's what dealing with. I was dealing with, I don't deal with him. He's my son. But yeah, I do. I do deal with the fact that I get punched in the balls more than any man should have to. He's five. He's at that height. They're there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, 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 I was, I was so grateful for these, for these pieces. So when people were constantly accusing me of just wanting to throw them out for, for just cause I know better, I was like, Oh, it's so insulting. I understand. <laughs> Hey, John's so great. I wish you knew I knew that. You know, dude, one of my fr- best friends uh, who is not a regular comic book reader really fell in love with Super Sons. And is, yeah, no, yeah. it's great. Uh, it, kids love it. My son loves it. Loves it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. If, any, if, you've, got, if you've got kids that love Super Sons, DC Icons has a, uh, a duo pack action figure set. I don't get any money from this. I'm just saying my, my oh, kid loves cool. it more than – uh, most of the people in this house. Excellent. No, that's very cool. And also with Lois, I I loved uh, her book deal. I love that Perry uh, fired her, and I look forward to whatever follow up conversation there might be, either with Clark and Perry or Lois and Perry and stuff. But Lois, man, I'm telling you, we've been waiting for decades. Why? And and I have no idea what reveal will be happening in San Diego. I am saying this. Uh, Brian can either comment or not. But um, and I know Lois is going to be a very important part of your run on Superman because you already said that to me, and we already can tell from these six issues why there isn't a Lois Lane uh, solo book. I have no idea. She is one of the greatest characters in the DC universe. Oh, oh, I may, may I? I'll be frank. That's on our list of things to do. It, 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 we are we are developing that. That's good to hear. That 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 was that from the from the very first day. That that is I'm I. Uh, and and it's not being mentioned only because it doesn't actually exist at the moment, but it is one thousand percent on the entire Superman's office uh, things to do. But we also feel that it should be a very special, sure, book. like a very very special book. And um, and so we're 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 working. Oh, well, that's good, and I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And 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 uh, for for Lois fans, I will say that uh, Action One Thousand. Four is where you're lo- what you're looking for, and I'm so happy to report that that issue is illustrated by Ryan Sook. Oh, cool! Who um, uh, I may have uh, asked him him to marry me, and I think he said yes. <laughs> so um, we we we've we've um, partnered up together for uh, for the long haul, uh, me and Ryan. I'm so ha- I'm so happy because. Um, uh, I was such a fan for so long, but I didn't know him at all, like not even a little bit. Uh, I never even met him. So, um, but I was just a fan of his work. That, that but and it, it was one of those people like I, I, I bet we'd make great comics together. And 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 lo and behold, 
Um, he's, he's, he's drawing a very special Lois and Clark issue of Action Comics. That is, I guess, my, my statement on the relationship. Uh, and and uh, it's a very positive one, so I'm I'm looking forward to, for people to see it because um, I, I I stand behind it. And and, and and from there, Ryan and I are uh, Ryan's gonna do 1,005, and then we're off to uh, the biggest thing I've ever goddamn done. Cool. Yeah, very. That's exciting. awesome. No, that's that great to yep. hear. That's excellent. Yeah. So there's a lot of information in there, but it started with Lois. Lois is a uh, 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 a main focus of the narrative of action comics and a lot of stories we have going forward. Very cool. I'm sure that we're, you've introduced a new planet reporter. And again, forgive me, I forget her name. Robinson Good, thank you. And what's. And she's not a Lois, uh, not a Lois um, replacement. Uh, additive to the Daily Planet, yes, not, not a replacement in story or, or intent. And people will know that at the end of the first arc of Action Comics. Okay. Well, and it's cool. You know, as I said, I just talked to Jerry Ordway, and we were talking about his edition of Ron Troop and Jose Delgado, of course, Gangbuster or Crimebuster. I forget which. Gangbuster. Uh, And, you know, and Cat Grant, of course. Was it Crimebuster? Was it a Crimebuster? One was the Lev Gleason uh, 50s or 40s character, the original Daredevil creator, Lev Gleason. Um, and I think that yes. was Crime Buster. And uh, maybe that name was in public domain and DC was able to do it. But I, th- I can't remember now. But, yeah, we talked you – know, again, I prefer to call him Jose Delgado because he was a pretty cool character. And Cat uh, Grant, of course. Uh, would we see any of those, uh, like Ron Trooper, Cat Grant, coming up in the, at the Daily Planet? Oh, Cat Grant. Absolutely. Cat Grant is in issue 1003 drawn by Yannick of oh, Pat, which I'm very – yeah, that's another first for me too. I'm a huge fan of his as well, and uh, I, I wrote something very noirish for him, and he's having Excellent. a blast. Uh, so, yes, Cat makes an appearance. Cool. No, that's yeah. Cat Cat comes and visits her protege uh, Trish Q, the new gossip columnist at the Daily Planet, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, tries to steal Clark Kent. Hilarious. Moment. And he's uh, how about Steve Lombard? I always love Steve from the Bronze. Steve, I'm Steve Lombard. I've written the words Steve Lombard like 30 times in descriptive panel description, and I give him one line of dialogue. <laughs> I, I literally have him doing shit. Like, I have a whole storyline with him in the background. He's my Colossus. <laughs> I, I, for those who don't know, I, was like, I, I grew up in the era where for a lot of issues of X-Men, Colossus would just be standing there making hot dogs or doing other stuff. And you could tell, like, like, the writers forgot to give Colossus a line, and uh, uh, and so I was I was I get I get hyperly worried about who who my Colossus is in in my story, uh, and making sure I don't have one unless I I want unless I I want one, and I want yeah Steve Hilarious. is there. that's fantastic. Steve is consciously and we're getting there. you know a little glo- and when he says something it will be hilarious. <laughs> and I. And uh, Jimmy, obviously, I know you've already said that Jimmy's going to play a big role coming up. Yeah, Jimmy. Uh, uh, yeah, we. Are, uh, I'm so excited when people see what we got coming out with Jimmy, and not only in the comic book platform. Jimmy's got stuff going on in other platforms Ooh, interesting. as well. Wow. Yes, very, very excited. We're working on some stuff. I, I don't know when DC's rolling some of this stuff out. It might be as quick as San Diego. It might be down the road. But there are other things coming along with what's already come, including TV commercials and stuff. Uh, and um, and there's something we're working on with Jimmy that connects to the Superman books, 
but it would also be outside the Super Interesting. Universe. Gee, I wonder what you could do with a, f- a photographer in today's social media. Hmm. What? <laughs> That's awesome, man. Let's. Uh, should we uh, transition to Jinx World? And uh, you've you've started making your announcements. Sure. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we talk about whatever you want to talk My about. Guy. It's um, there's so much going on, and, I, and I'm personally all over the place lately. So whatever whatever you want to talk. Well, about. you know, I'm I'm excited that you and Gatos are back, and uh, Pearl sounds like a really interesting character. Uh, well, yeah, I, I I must say I, I know I'm on the hype train big right. time for this. <laughs> but the, 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 these books particularly, uh, no matter what I was going to do this year, I was going to do this. And whether I did it at Marvel or somewhere else, I, I was going to dedicate um, a great portion of my life to new characters, new creations, new worlds, new characters with my fellow collaborators. Some stuff we've been developing forever, some stuff we've been promising each other forever. But, you know... Even before the hospital, I, I told you that I was like, this is the part of my career that if I really, as good as things have been, and yes, they have been very good, that if I step back, where, where did I blow it? I, I could have done better in this area, right? And, and, and dedicated more of my time and balanced this more. And the, the audience has been extremely patient with me, extremely generous. They get it. But still, we should have put out more Scarlet. That, that, that's crazy. Right. So um, uh, when I sat down with Dan uh, Dio to have this conversation, he literally said before I opened my mouth about this, you know, I'm a big fan of your creator own and it frustrates me that you don't dedicate more of your time and your week to it. I'd like to create a situation where you just have more time to do your creator own wow. stuff. So can I partner with you on that so that gets done? And I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> You know, literally, I I thought that would be the harder sell. Like, listen, I need this, right? And it was so it was offered, and that and and as people can already tell, this partnership is muscular. They're they are they are uh, treating these books as if they are their books, and and uh, they are very proud to publish them. And it is a wonderful thing. We have posters in San Diego, ads everywhere. It's it really great. But what I'm very excited about is the level of craft of these books. These are my longtime collaborators, and we expect a lot out of each other, and the audience expects a lot out, out of us. I, I went to my friends, and, and I'm going to be very honest with you. This is something I wouldn't say anywhere other than this podcast. It's a weird thing to say out loud. But uh, some of it had to do with being in the hospital. Some of it had to do with being turning 50. But you get to an age, and you say, oh, I'm at that age. And we were talking about this earlier where – you know, eventually you could lose your craft. You can lose your ability to be as good as you could be, yeah. right? But there, there is a time in your life where your craft is at its best. Your ability to hone into the truth of what you're writing about is at its most honest. You're over whatever ego bullshit was was holding you back from truth, Right. So you can tell your most truthful stories and you have the best craft in which to do it, right? And that's when most artists and writers and musicians do their best work. They have that window of which, wow, it's they 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 know what they're doing and they know how to do it, mm-hmm. right? And and it, it's it, you could argue that this may be that window for us, that this opportunity, this partnership, this, you know, uh, it, it, it's unique as it is, is allowing us 
the freedom on which to roll up our sleeves and do the best work we could possibly do, the most honest work, the most uh, work unlike the work we've done before. And I, I told this to everyone I'm working with. If not now, when? If not, who? <laughs> you know, like, you know, and like, and like, but no, but I was thinking that, like, this is sure. it, right? Sure. Like, everyone's keep waiting for their moment. Like, what, could this not be that moment? Uh, and, and even if it isn't, isn't it the idea that it could be? Won't that make the books better? Yeah, aspire to that, certainly. <laughs> so I aspire to it. So, uh, and, and then I kind of left everybody alone with their scripts. And then almost uh, within the, a two week period, Everybody started handing in what ended up being dozens, if not hundreds, of pages of artwork, and it's among the best work that David Mack and Michael Gators and Alex Maleev and Mike Oming has ever done. And that's quite saying something, because I've been there for their greatest moments. I was there, front row seat, and I've shared some of them. And I and and to achieve another thing with that with David Mack, like like who's been my friend longer than I've known my wife, uh, is is such a beautiful experience. And I'm just weeks away from uh, showing it to everyone. And so uh, um, I, I'm so excited. I, I, you can hear it, but it's, it's, it's such a deep promise I made to myself that got kept. And I didn't have a lot of control over how I was going to keep the promise. <laughs> like it's just that it was going to be kept. And we're in July and I kept it. So uh, and, and all of my friends who I love deeply um, feel the same way and that that they, they all benefited from this move in a way that, that, that was a relief to me that I, I, that I didn't see coming. And, and so, so um, I'm excited about the books. I'm sorry to babble about them, but this is the place to do that. And um, uh, you know, having come from creator own, having dedicated so much of my life to it, um, to make my move to DC, have having Crater Own be such a big part of it, and it's a massive part of it. Um, seems not only right, but it seems corrective to other choices I've made in the past. Okay. So there you go, and the books are a fuckload of fun too. By the way, well, you know, yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited so- about you getting back to Scarlet and getting back to the United States of Murder Incorporated and. Uh, Scar- Scarlet, I must say, and, and, that, and that we're having a unique experience on Scarlet because not only am I we working on a book that the world itself had shifted under the book's feet like four times. Sure. Maybe like eight times if you really like pack it up to like – because we started um, Scarlet in uh, 2010. So it's uh, – believe it or not, it's almost eight sure. years. Well, and that was like Occupy so, Wall Street kind of timing, right? Yeah. No, I, I I mentioned Occupy Wall Street having passed in the beginning of the second. Oh shit! Like it happened before okay. Occupy Wall wow. Street. Yeah. So so it's fascinating to write a book that's culturally about revolution and the and the world and its <laughs> well, but, uh, relationship to that keeps yeah, shifting. Yeah. Unbelievable. Great. So I I and not only on on top of that, we're actively working on the TV show. Um, uh, oh, right update. now, yeah, on, yeah. on the so Cinemax, and, correct? And of course, uh, no, oh. uh, I, um, I, I'm. I, it is it, a a a a a peer to Cinemax, and then we're waiting for them to announce when okay. they announce. But uh, Stephen Hopkins, 
some of it's out there. You Google it, you can see because uh, Stephen Hopkins, the director who's directing the pilot, is is kind of let it slip a couple of times. But I'm going to be the good soldier and, and not Are slip because you- I, sl- I slip a lot. I've slipped on this show numerous times. So I'm going to attempt not to. One, Are one you time. writing the screenplay or is someone else writing? I'm not. Uh, um, uh, we have a, a showrunner. Um, it will have a woman's voice. Good. Great. As, as I think I, I think is sure. necessary for television. Um, and and um, yeah, it's it, it, it's daring material. I, I'm very curious to see if it goes forward. I have, I, I have no idea if it will or won't. I have absolutely Understood. no idea. No, that's cool. We're in a very good honeymoon phase right now, so it's looking very good, at least maybe to a pilot. But um, but who knows? Understood. Well, and back to there's nothing I want to see more than that Heather's TV show. They're not going to show now. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. Now, I, just, I just want to see it. I, I, I'm sure it is as offensive <laughs> as, uh, as <laughs> if they're not going to air it. I'm sure it's there's a reason. But uh, uh, you know, you just want to see what you can't see. You always want. Oh yeah, I, I know you've been busy. Here's another aside. Have you seen Cobra Kai? I haven't, but it's on my list. I'm, uh, I'm uh, the people who greenlit powers greenlit it. And oh, I, cool. I, I love to support them. Yeah, it's it's Chris Parnell who who's making Dead the Class of Recommender. He's, he's, he's just, yeah, I'm psyched for that. He's just, I, I totally support him, but I, I will get to the, it. Uh, it is, and yeah. for re- listeners, if you don't already know, the first two episodes are, are free on uh, YouTube, and they're great. I mean, and I've only seen those two. And, you know, you can only buy so many streaming services. And uh, I haven't, like, you know, I, I'm not one of those people that bought it and, you know, is smart enough to binge and then, you know, cut loose or whatever after the, before the seven days are up, I, you know. But it's. I know, I know. People aim their binging. It's, it's very funny. funny. But, yeah, it's. I, mean, I just, I, 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 I admire it. I can I literally said out loud last night, we had, like, a couple people over. And I said, I literally said. You know, I literally fantasized about doing nothing one week, but just reading Jeff Lemire's work. Agreed. Like, I'll never get to do that. I'll, I will never, as long as my children are children, get to just sit all day and just read someone's work all day for no reason. Like, I got, I, like, I got to read, like, Tom King's sure. work, like, last week, like, all day. But yeah, that was you for work. Have to, but it was still yeah. But, but, like, I would love to just, like, and Jeff Lemire, there's, like, ten creators I can imagine. I could say this about, but I was reading an article about Jeff and I was so impressed with what he's accomplished lately, just in theory. And I'm like, I would love to dig so in So many that, man. good books all at, I mean, that are coming out all at once. And among yep. them, another DC book, The Terrifics. The Terrifics is a fantastic book. It really is. I And I read their very early PDF and I was, uh, yeah, I, I slow clapped the last I love a great last but, page. Yeah, man, Gideon Falls. Love Gideon Falls is outstanding, and, and I'm glad to hear that's in uh, development, and I hope something happens with that. Yep. But again, a wonderful comic book on its own merit, no matter what. Black Hammer is yep. sickly good, and every every spinoff yep. from Black Hammer continues to entertain the shit out of me. And Royal City. Yeah, that's the stuff I haven't gotten into yet. That I've read Gideon Falls, and uh, but I, the, the Black Hammer stuff, like, like that, that I want to roll it's up my sleeves on. And so, and, uh, and Royal City is an amazing, like, kind of crazy soap opera and everything. It's so like, like well, let's let's. You're actually getting into an area like uh, actually um, dovetails into what I was talking about about me and my friends and are we of that age where we're supposed to be creating like our best work, right? Like our most honest work. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're talking about like you know this is the age that Kirby created like the fourth world, right? And we're like, well, who? Right. 
But at the time, we didn't know it was the fourth world, right? In fact, the books didn't do well. Right. Um, who is doing that right now? Like, what? what is the fourth mm-hmm. world? What What in 30 years is everyone going to be picking apart, right? That's that's happening right now, and and is it is it Black Hammer? Like 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 what? I I think that's an easy yeah. Candidate. Like it might Absolutely. be. Like I'm 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 very curious. What I don't want I don't mean to put that on it. Now like like now if it's not as good as the Fourth World, then fuck you. But that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, sometimes I get those weird compliments too, which is, you mean that as a compliment, but now I'm just stressed out. Um, um, but I, I, I wonder of these things, which will be that in, or if it will take on a different feeling to, to this generation. I understand. Well, I think Ed, I, Brew Baker and Sean Phillips. That's a good one too. Yep, to, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm just, I, um, I don't have an answer, but it made me think of those, those who are building Greg Rucka's building. Those who are seriously. Yes. Building, love Lazarus. Him Mark, and Mark. Mark Millar. Those who are seriously building. Mark. What, what, what will be just of the moment, which is fine by the way, uh, of being of the moment is a beautiful place to be. Um, and, and what, and what has a legacy to it. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. By the way, mentioning Mark, uh, I, we both get to, got to see him at C2E2. I'm really glad that C2E2 and I forget if it was Sci-Fi Channel put out the video of your guys' conversation. Me too. I don't think I knew that was being filmed. That was fantastic. <laughs> it was hilarious. It's always the best, I guess. But uh, I, I remember uh, – here, here's what uh, – have we talked about this on the podcast? No. Oh, no. great. Um, here's something people don't know. Me and Mark aren't really friends. We don't talk. We're not. I'm not regularly in contact with Mark. Like, there are people I'm in regular, daily, hourly contact with, like like everyone has, right? And sure, there's people sure. I'm in vague contact with, and there's some people I never talk to. I never talk to Mark. Like we like. <laughs> so, the fact that we got on stage with nary an email back and forth, and may I say, got laughs that we did not deserve. <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. That's not true. No, no, no. I'm a big fan of comedy. You know this. I know comedy. And there's deserving laughs, and there's laughs that you didn't deserve that laugh. And and, uh, we were were bathing in laughs we didn't deserve. But I I was um, so in love with that hour that we had together because it was exactly what it's like to be friends with him. Uh, And it was exactly what it's like to hang out with us and then we haven't spoken since. <laughs> well, you're both really busy, and hey, no, man, no, I, I, but we kind of love that. Of, no, literally, I would do anything for that dude. And I know if I called him, I said, "Dude, I need a million dollars right now." He go, "Yeah, okay, sure." He, he charged <laughs> me the vig, but I know he'd give it to me. <laughs> but the, the 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 point is that I I'm fascinated myself that I have this relationship with this writer that I think other people think we live together. Well, as someone who so remembers, I think we all live in a house. Me, him, Joe, uh, Matt, Kelly. We all live in a yeah. house together. Rucka, sure. Who I don't know, and uh, you know, and like the real world. Well, you're on you're on my imaginary podcast street. You're all on my you know podcast street and everything. So I I feel that way when ah. I see all you guys and girls. You know. So yeah. So I I I completely loved that thing. I'm glad it's um uh, it's in the public for people to see. Uh, forever and i just was dying to tell people that we don't know each other that wasn't prepared it should not have worked 
<laughs> yeah, but I and, and maybe... also there's there's at least four times during that thing when he's talking about the Fantastic Four skin, where I literally was thinking <laughs> we both have doctorates. <laughs> That's nice. what's wrong with the culture. <laughs> nice, exactly, nice. No, but you know, I remember back at uh, one of the Wizard Chicago shows, the two of you guys at the beginning of the Ultimate Universe sharing a panel, and I was in the audience then and stuff as well before I was doing the podcast and everything. But uh, so yeah, I don't know, man. I that same rapport. It and I understand. You know, it's like it's like an old college friend, and I'm sure it's you exactly really do what it is. Way. But but in front of what there were two thousand people now. <laughs> No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying I love that we picked up where we left off. Like nothing happened. It was amazing, right? Yes. He hasn't changed an ounce. There's nothing different about it. <laughs> also, like he hasn't aged. Like I completely look different. He hasn't aged at all. No, he looks great. I'm so happy, man. You know, he's got the Crohn's uh, disease all under control and oh, everything. Yeah, that was like 15 years ago. That was forever ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I suppose that's – well, and again, you know, well, much – now you see, I've seen him infrequently in these last 12 years. He came to Chicago for a signing – back in 2014 or 2015 and we spent the morning together and stuff and and i went to his hotel and we recorded a good conversation and i couldn't do it this time because again i've been doing my stupid overnight traffic work and he's like if you want get up early we'll talk and i'm like (laughs) you know i'm like yeah man i can't man i really need to sleep because i was working that weekend along with uh, being at the convention so and like you and i saw each other for like a brief 20 minutes or whatever one friday night so uh, and it was uh, great. The, the the other nice thing about that whole thing was um, when we went when I went backstage, um, everyone at Marvel was there. Um, oh, that's nice. Uh, CB was there. Jordan was there. Uh, you know, and I hadn't seen CB since since I left, and I had left before he got the gig. Sure. Um, CB and I have been friends way before either of us worked at Marvel, so we we have a long long history together. Um, he is Uncle CB to my kids. Like, so it's oh. pretty strange that I have left when he took the reins. It's just bizarre. Um, so um, uh, uh, it was really warm and lovely that everyone and uh, honestly, they they were there just to support. It was and, and to hug, and it was really lovely. And I just thought people like to know that it was really sweet. I hear you, man. That's yeah. cool. The whole show in general was amazing. Um, I, I had an amazing conversation with Neil Adams. Oh, that's great. Really good conversation with Neil Adams. We, we had a nice sit down talk about, uh, just some realities of the business and stuff like that. He just told me something. He, he's, he's great with the history of stuff. Oh, certainly. He remembers everything. It was, it was my favorite conversation in Chicago. I think you'd love to talk. To I'm him. sure he does. Absolutely. Oh, you know, it's awesome. Another show coming up, uh, Malcolm uh, Wheeler Nicholson, the major that founded National Comics that became DC, his granddaughter, Nikki, has been trying to make a, a biography of, of the major and everything. And, um, and, it's, and finally, Hermes Press is releasing, it's called like the history, the, I forget what it's called, like DC Comics Before Superman, because um, we all know that. Oh, yes. Was... Is that what that is? I saw that book. Is that yes. what that is? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Done. And, and wow. I'm talking, actually, as we're recording, I'm talking to Nikki tomorrow. Um, and I'm really excited about that because, yeah, I mean, there's, there's just all these, there's all these really interesting things about comic book history that people don't know. And, you know, I I love that shit as much as any, you know, comic devotee of, of comic history. So yeah, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to that. I think I, in this stage of my life, it's why I love working at DC because they really love their history. Yes. 
And yes. they, they, I mean, they have a library that's curated with librarians. <laughs> yes. and, and, and Marvel just doesn't have that. They just, I know Disney has it and, 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 and it's coming there, but DC really is, is a fixture of its history. You know what I mean? Well, yes. And, and, I, and I guess I, I love, I love, I love being part of it. I love, you know what I mean? It just, it's just, it's an energy. You go, yeah, that's, this is, this is real stuff. Well, that's one of the things I disliked about the new 52 pre rebirth, because it almost seemed like they're like, well, you know, maybe we need to start at square one again and really go back to the beginning and, and kind of jettison all this great legacy stuff. And it's like, no, no, no. That's what we love about DC that you can trace it back. And in the case of, of the majors work, even pre action comics, because, his contributions to natural national comics date back three years before action number one. And yeah, you know, it's, yeah, that's right. so it's oh, that, you know, and he hired, he hired Siegel and Schuster and uh, you know, the, and, and in fact, I was going to say like one of, I forget like the specter, I think debuted in a comic called more fun comics. Yeah. Well, that was a spinoff of fun comics, which predates more fun comics. And then that's why there's fun comics and then there's more fun comics. Um, and yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm psyched to talk. No, to they, they would change the title of magazine from issue to issue. So like, <laughs> if you really liked more fun comics, there wasn't a next issue. The next issue was called something else. Oh, you see, and I've, I've, I, I'm only about a third of the way through the book. I'll be Oh, Okay. No, yeah, you'll see. And, uh, cause I read, um, in my, in my primer, the uh, DC year to year reference guide, cool. which is a great way. I, we talked about this last time. It's a great way just to see the events of the DC universe. Yes, yeah, the you did chronological so. order in which they unfolded. You know, it, yeah. and, 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 and and the perspective in which they have it's, pr- it's pretty cool. Excellent. I, I, I it was I was really grateful for it. But yeah, but yeah, it was it was it was fascinating how uh, stitched together the the entire industry came. <laughs> it was, it sure. was so by the seat of his pants, and now it's so revered, you know? Well, that's why, like, when Dr. Occult suddenly shows up in a story, literally, you know, one of those original action comics heroes, or Slam Bradley. I love Slam Bradley. Good Lord. Especially when Ed was writing him in Catwoman, and Darwin was writing him in Catwoman as well. Uh, You know, yeah, I mean, no, you love that shit. And again, the original 100-page Spectaculars, I was just talking about this with Wade the other day, um... You know, that's where I really got my DC history lessons because they would reprint those Justice Society stories or, um, God, that Batman from the future from the 1950s, Brain Taylor. And it was a, it was a, you know, a combination of Bruce Wayne's name. That, so that's why it was called Brain, B R A N E. I just uh, realized I've been nodding yes for the last two minutes and I were, it's an audio <laughs> presentation. <laughs> and no, I do that. No I was doing that while you were talking. agreeing with you vigorously. But, uh, um, yeah, no, I, and this is part of the fun I'm having because there's, there's things, little bits and pieces of, of forgotten history that are, yes. that are as, as valuable a storytelling commodity as, as ever. And some of that is stuff that I've always had a great love for that I can't wait to revisit or reintroduce. And then there's other parts like, uh, like I found a, a thing in Superman in my reread of something that Jerry Conway did in 1971 that so emboldens a choice I made in, in 2018 that I asked him if it was okay if I connected my thing to his thing, right? Excellent. It, for, for deep divers, they'll go, yes, that connects. But but only, but but only I would never do that. Like, I, like if the creator's alive and I can ask permission, I'll ask permission, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, and he was so happy. <laughs> That's fantastic. I've you find, we'll talk about what, what, what it is next time. Okay. But, but I... I, I uh, 
<clears throat> I pulled a deep dive out for him and then, and then, and then asked though. So it, 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 so I, I get that feeling that you're having and then I get to sometimes find a way to like reintroduce it or play with it or, or build on it. And that's, that's so much fun. That's excellent. That's great yeah. to hear. Is and you know that reminded me because I wanted to ask you earlier. I'm dropping a boss Moxie reference pretty soon, man. <laughs> and, uh, what's that? I said Google it. The uh, I'm going to have to actually. Actually, I'm going to have to. I don't remember boss Moxie. I just like the name. I yeah. um, I wanted to ask because I know and and going back to the tour that you took this earlier this year with Frank Miller and Jurgens and some of the others, and I know that you've. Uh, shared the stage with Marv Wolfman before. I was wondering if you ever had a chance to talk to, well, you mentioned Jerry Conway. How about a guy like Elliot, Elliot Magan or Carrie Bates and guys like that, or Marty for that matter? I, I met Carrie Bates a, a couple years ago. Um, years ago. Um, I, I was a big fan. Oh, big, my God. Uh, and, and, uh, and so that was really exciting uh, for me. And also, I it was, uh, uh, it was just cool. Yeah, the, like, um, I had never met Dan, Marvel man, Frank Miller, uh, at all before any of this had happened. Like I had met Frank Miller, like at the Eisner's then Yeah. It's not, sure. I, I never spent a I never had a meal with him, you know I'm what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and Marvel man either. I never, I never met him, uh, other than a handshake, I think once 12 years ago, you know? Oh, wow. So, um, these, these, these moments of not only promotion for DC, but are genuinely awesome moments. Uh, to, to, to share this legacy, uh, you know, um, I, I, I publicly stated, um, you know, Marvel man invented the language of event comic storytelling. Absolutely. Like, there are things that did not exist before he did them that you see all the time now. And, 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 and even, and I have been judged uh, by a bar that he has set. Agreed. And sometimes that's not always said out loud. And I said it out loud. I go, you know, you know people are uh, commenting about this, that, and the other thing. I, I someone had said something to me about about crisis on infinite earth, and then he jumped in, and I said, "Here's the guy who invented the language of event comic storytelling." And, and I and I don't think anyone had ever referred to him like that before. Again, not to be complimenting myself by how I'm complimenting people, but it was it was uh, a great joy to give him. The do that I, I he more than deserves. That's awesome. No, that's yeah. great. Now an old timer is going to say, "What about Gardner Fox?" Of course. Oh, I'm <laughs> dropping references to all the Superman creators in in the body of the work. There was a fire at the corner of Gardner and Fox just two issues ago. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Now, of course, I I did uh, when I was rereading it. Of course, I wrote it as a. Um, a tribute to Gardner Fox, who sure. once you, by the way, read that year-to-year history of DC Comics, realize he's probably the most important creator that ever walked the halls of DC Comics. Um, nice. So, so I, I I dropped that out. But then when you read, it's about a fire and a building burnt down. You realize, no, I just burned down the corner of Gardner Fox. That may be either consciously or subconsciously not what I meant to say. <laughs> That's all right. That's like for him. <laughs> that's like those uh, Gotham City intersections of you know, like uh, uh, oh god, now I'm blanking on his name. Uh, the great fifties uh, uh, Batman artist. Uh, oh yeah, every they, they were doing it in City of Heroes in the nineties. There was every every street was named after a comic creator. So true. and I actually do it in Powers too. But in Superman, I thought these are particularly create other than Siegel and Schuster and like Neil Adams and, and Kurt Swan. There is a even I would even include Wayne Boring in the list of creators oh, sure. who do not get the credit they deserve for the massive 
uh, uh, contributions that they made, particularly to the Superman mythos, which is really the mythos of all superheroes. So, I, uh, so if if I can, I will eagerly expound my, my feelings about them and drop their names wherever I can. Who who did the Batman? Who did the giant typewriters and stuff in Batman? It's it's so on the tip of my tongue. The great Batman artist. Can you remember what I'm talking about or no? Wayne Boring did that. No, no, no. That's Superman. Kurt Schaffenberger. No, uh, ba- no, no. I love Kurt Schaffenberger. He's fantastic too. Um, I love I mean, Mr. and Mrs. Superman. Batman stuff or Superman stuff? Batman stuff. What what was it? Jerry Robinson? No, or? no, no. After Jerry Robinson. It was in the 50s and into the 60s. Pre-Carmine Infantino new look Batman. Oh, God. Bob so, Haney? No, no. Artist. Um, oh, okay. Giant typewriters and, you know, that great kind of chunky Batman from the 50s and early 60s. And even into, like, you know, Batwoman and Bat- the original Batgirl and original Batwoman and stuff. Oh, good Lord. I know everyone's screaming there well, right now. Here, the yeah, here it's I'm doing it right now. I'm looking it up. Attaboy. Oh, and, I'm, and uh, by Bob the way, Kane, Ed Hamilton. What? Dick Sprang, which is also Dick my Dick Sprang, of course, it's Dick Sprang. The was it Dick Sprang? It was Dick I Sprang. I literally didn't say Dick Sprang because no one forgets Dick Sprang's right. name. I know. Because that was also my poor name in the 80s. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Remind me off the yeah. air to tell you what Miller's uh, porn name is. Uh, he told me that. Mark Miller or yes. Frank Miller? Oh yeah, it's a great one. It's a fantastic what, what, one. It's the, not. It's not repeatable even on this podcast. So no. I I, I, I respect you put it on tape. You're hilarious. <laughs> Dick Sprang, of course, genius. Love that guy. I have yeah. I have one of those '90s lithos he did of uh, Batman, Robin, and all the Bat villains and stuff like that. And I, I, th- I literally think I'm looking at that litho right now. Probably. Yeah, that's hilarious. Oh, he's the man. He was the man. I, he, yeah, he absolutely. Love that shit. And he walks Earth as an adult named Dick Sprang. <laughs> and whatever the hell he lived in every day of his life. What's the problem? Why are they laughing? Walking the streets as Dick Sprang. Can you imagine him at the at the DMV getting his new license? Really? Oh, goodness. <laughs> nice. Um, other so uh, United States of Murder comes back in August. Yes, we have uh, a brand new, for those, uh, there's some confusion, the, the issues of Scarlet and United States of Murder that have been solicited are brand new stories, brand new art, all new. Cool. Uh, continuing on from what we did at Marvel, but if you've never read it before, very reader-friendly. Very, very um, uh, geared towards those who know. Now, Scarlet in particular was already going to pick up at a place that was very reader-friendly. We were doing a time skip. So it's a very good uh, time to pick that up. Uh, DC is also going to be doing collections of all the older stuff, an entire run of powers, all of Scarlet. Scarlet's going to be coming out in Absolute Edition, which is my favorite uh, published uh, format right now. And I'm very excited about that. And um, so they're going to be the publishing home for all things, including new Takio that we're going to be putting out next year. Yeah, uh, as part of the the DCYA stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're set up for all this new stuff and all these new audiences, and we have material that definitely fits where they're headed. So um, it's just a it's just a really robust, great partnership. It's just work we're really proud of, and a publisher that's really proud to publish it. And you know, we all, we've always had it. We've always had a robust publisher, but but um, you know, this this is the best situation we've ever been in. Uh, we also get to be. I know you like your little trivia. We get um, Powers and Torso and Jinx will be among the only titles that was published by Marvel, DC, and Image. Nice. 
Yep. Had a boy. How about that's, that? And Oni. Oh, that's right. And Oni Press. That's fantastic. That's excellent, man. Well, no, I'm, I'm excited. It, service. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I don't know what that means. But, uh, um, but yeah, so, uh, and, and all the, all that's coming together really nice. People, uh, love DC's archival editions of all of their material and all of our stuff is being treated to that. So. No, I hear you, man. That's fantastic. Is, um, oh, and I, oh, I was going to ask, all right. So what can you, what more can you tell us? Because you did say that a character is going to be introduced was, and I don't remember if it was in the Darrington Batman story or in the Superman story that will, uh, dovetail into some of your imprint stuff. Oh yeah, no. Okay, I was talking about the other imprint because on top of Jinx yes. World, we have a new imprint debuting in December uh, for DC, and we'll be we'll be you and I will be talking about that at great length uh, very soon. Okay, uh, but that'll be for the next podcast. But right. um, uh, so in uh, but Jinx World is all going to be yeah, continue uh, create our own new worlds, new characters, uh, and all. Of, may I say what I'm excited about? We're all many issues ahead. So not only are they going to ship on time, they're going to ship. Excellent. They're excited about it. Yeah, give me a cookie. I got my book out on time. boy. That's excellent. No, I'm glad. You know, I've been no, loving it. Fans who are waiting for more Scarlet uh, were very patient. Yes. They, they truly love the book. It's the best <laughs> thing Alex has ever done. Everyone agrees with me. Just want more of it. Yeah. And, uh, and it just takes some time because it's fully painted. And now we're going to get a bunch in a row. Well, again, that's one of those examples of a more and and I'm again I'm saying this and it will probably embarrass Brian to a degree, but it, it is it's a it's a more sophisticated story. Not that there have been other sophisticated stories in the past, like Preacher, like Transmetropolitan, and 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 the like. But that's the thing. There's always room for more of that, and I think Scarlet represents that. Alias in its best days do, and that's why I'm excited about Pearl. And I love when you and Michael get together. And, uh, and you know, certainly the Jessica Jones run, I think, was as exceptional as, as your alias stuff. I, I'm, I'm glad you guys are collaborating again. And always well, when you and Mike, you know, when you and Oming, obviously, it's always, it's always great to have you guys back. And, you well, know. thanks. Uh, but uh, the surprise of the group will be cover. Um, David Mack uh, has done something very, very special. I, uh, the whole experience um, uh, to David is my dearest, dearest, oldest yeah. friend. And uh, again, uncle to my children. And we have been there through everything together and wanted to create a story that was as funny and different as we are. And we've had some experiences over the last few years that have uh, uh, empowered and changed our lives. Uh, in the intelligence community and it just seemed that we got to a place where that's definitely what we should be writing about and I've always done some writing about it but there's been a lot of stuff building up uh, between the two of us. David's been doing a lot of State Department visits. Yes. I went in Bolivia. Uh, there's been a lot of just you know, I visited Langley a couple times a couple yep. years ago Yep. and all of this and I have notebooks full of stuff and I wanted to write uh, this story that was about comics but not about comics per se and so we're we're um gonna do uh, this comic book called cover about comic creators that get sucked into the world of international uh intelligence community uh it is based on true stories is how i'm gonna say it Interesting. and uh but for fans of david mack i am so excited 
That's awesome, what man. A treat you are about to get. Oh, that's great. No, and and I've you know at conventions talked to David a little bit about his State Department work, which is fantastic. Yeah, it um, is. Yeah. So it, yeah. he's gone from America's guest to the world's guest now, where he's just like the globetrotter and everything. You know, and, and it, he's perfect for it. He 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 looks like Tom Cruise, so it looks like you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> like it looks like he's on a mission. And and he's and he's just got this great positive energy about the world, absolutely. And 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 art, and he brings it with him everywhere he goes. And uh, I would, you know, we were just so people know behind the scenes, we were getting these State Department offers, and they're great offers, but some of them are very dangerous offers, and and just I you can't do all of them, you know, you know, I have children, right? So sure. so I. You know, I, I knew David would be amazing at these, and, and he started getting the offers, too, separate from mine. And then there was one I got to go to Russia that I wanted to go to so bad, but he went, and it was, like, the best experience he ever had. And and we were just sharing all these stories about it and realized that this is what we should be writing about. That's cool. I, yeah, I so, And, and so, I missed that solicit, so I appreciate the information about cover. I didn't know about cover. And and for those who love the Powers TV show, the lead character was kind of spiritually based on Susan Hayward. I was like, I wrote to David, I go, I'm thinking about Susan when I'm writing this. Like, I know I'm writing Susan. Funny. So so do with that what you will. Like, that's all I, that's all I wrote to him, right? And then he just called Susan and said, Ryan wrote a book about <laughs> and And then from backstage at Harry Potter, she would Skype David and do photo reference for, with him. Oh, that's great. For, for our book. Cause she's, uh, her, uh, she's, uh, on the, uh, the Harry Potter Broadway show now. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she was killing. really, man, we, we haven't had a chance to talk much about the power show. And obviously it was, I'm sure a bummer to, you know, have it finish at season two, but she truly was like the best thing about that show. No, it was, there was a few people on that show that were such delights and such a, such a shining, you're like, I, I wonder if this show will be one of those shows that, oh, look, they were all on that show together. <laughs> right? Like Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and not not at the same level. Of okay. like, I know yeah, yeah. that nobody saw Powers like they saw Freaks and Geeks, but, but um, Logan is the star of Dear White People. Like, a lot of them are landing some really choice gigs, and they're looking back on powers in a very fondly way. I honestly, when when the Superman uh, hit, I heard from almost everyone, every actor and writer involved in oh, powers. Oh, nice! Yeah, it was so sweet because we all we, we all left the experience uh, very fondly with each other. Cool. Uh, Good. Uh, so so it's nice that uh, what like when it was it was nice that David knew he could call Susan and go, "Hey, can you do photo reference for this?" And she would say yes. It was super sweet. Hell just, yeah. Just, just that my worlds had crossed paths that much made me happy. That's awesome. That's excellent, yeah. man. So, so though, yeah, I would have loved to keep going with the show because the second season was better than the first and more people saw it than sure. the first. So we were building. They switched gears to virtual reality, and then they didn't make any more TV shows. If they would have kept making TV shows without us, I would have been bummed. I can appreciate but they, that, uh, um, but they they did switch gears. So I I, I understood that it's a business thing. But I remember a couple months ago, the person in charge of that decision left PlayStation, and it always makes you weird. It always weirds you out. I'm like, well, that guy's gone. Can I have a show back? <laughs> <laughs> like I know everyone, everyone in, in television always had that feeling. Oh sure. Like my whole 
my 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 uh, my fate is in this person's hand, and this person is now gone. Right. That's no, weird. that's that is a familiar television story and movie yeah. story for that more matter as well. Oh. Totally, Absolutely. Totally. Hey, oh, and speaking of movies, anything you can but let may us I know? say, by the way, uh, no, no, it's a, just a wrap up on Powers. Sure. Great experience. Totally wish it would have become PlayStation would have been the new Apple network, you know, but yeah. it, it wasn't meant to be. But but behind the scenes, me and Mike had the best time. So I always want to tell audiences, thank you for that. <laughs> that was really cool. That's you know, awesome. I, I don't know if it did anyone any good but, but me and Mike, but thanks. Hey man, no, I honestly, I, I think the show really, you know, went up a gear in in season two, and I think it really uh, was finding its footing. And yeah, it's 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 too bad. It, it's a shame. No, but, again, but you know what? I take all the lessons I learned, I apply it to my new projects. There you go. I'm writing the new X Men movie. I'm That's writing, what I wanted to ask about. We're working on the new Scarlet TV show. I, I have you. You take your lessons and you learn and you move on. I understand. So what what can you say about Kitty Pride? Anything? I didn't say it was Kitty Pride. I said it was an untitled X Men oh, movie. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> you. I did say Kitty Pride. I did. Say. The internet. But we do just assumed that if Fox would call me to do an X Men movie, of course, it would be Kitty Pride. Uh, but that is the rumor. And it's and it's the Deadpool director, correct? Yeah, it's Tim Miller. Tim, Tim and Miller. I have known each other like w- like way over twenty years. Like we. Oh, like, that's crazy. Like, yeah, no, like he he's Tim's one of these guys. That's done like a lot of your favorite stuff and you didn't know it was all that guy. Like Chip Kidd has designed all your favorite logos and you didn't right. know it was him. <laughs> right? Sure. Tim Miller did a lot of your favorite like um, animations in the beginning of the best um, um, role-playing games and video games. Like DC Universe's Tim Miller and like a lot of really cool stuff. He's got Tim Miller's uh, uh, footprints on it cool. uh, at, from Blur Studios. Uh, like the the opening credits of uh of um uh, I believe uh, but I hope I hope I'm right but the opening credits of a uh, girl with a dragon tattoo like, wow cool shit and you go that was him too so Tim's one of these guys interesting and, and, and yeah so I I'm this this is fun what we're doing together that's I, terrific I, I hope it goes to the finish line you never know who knows you know every day someone's buying something someone's doing something so. Uh, but, yeah, mergers, but, mergers haven't. Yeah, I have no idea. Okay, no idea what okay. what tomorrow may bring. I understand that. Yeah. And and is he involved in the screenwriting this early in the process? Yeah, most directors, if they're hired on at that it, it, to shepherd the project, they're they're there to shepherd the script. So he's off directing Terminator right now. Okay, I didn't. While know that. I'm while I'm doing my thing, so the plan is that he'll be done filming at the end of the summer, and then I'll have a draft ready for everyone to talk about when he's ready to read it. Interesting. Okay, cool. So, yeah. Very normal, very typical. Yeah. You know, any director who's had a hit usually has five or six of these going on at once sure. at different studios or, or at the same studio if that's where their deal is. Well, I remember you going through that with, um, uh, and now I'm blanking, uh, the director – Guy that did uh, ben, Benjamin Button and uh, yeah, no, David Fincher. David yeah. Fincher, of course. Yes. No, but I didn't write Torso. I was just, I was just a producer and a visitor on that. But, okay. But, okay. But yeah, but this is actively yeah story and, and whatnot. I've done this with other people before. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's uh, what's fascinating about it, uh, as we talked about, 
I was offered the job two days after I had quit Marvel. They had no idea I was leaving. And uh, I said, I, I'm yes, but <laughs> you may not want me now. And they were like, no, I, that sounds great. <laughs> so so I, I, it's weird to still be writing the X-Men. <laughs> sure. It is, it's very weird. Uh, but, but a probably a very good healing, like, like the slow, slow dismount after a 20 year process is probably better <laughs> than, uh, than like a bandaid. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great, man. That's excellent. Um, yeah, yeah I, um, what else? Oh, I was going to, um, no, I was thinking of uh, like, of course, uh, just if you had watched, have you watched, um, any of the CW DC product? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Listen, Are I'm all in up? now, baby. I'm, I'm not all call up. There's a lot to watch. Well, of I'm course, yeah, up, yeah. But, Several but, seasons but, a lot but, of yeah, but I started digging in big time on all the major episodes and all the major beats and stuff like that. You just want to get a sense of, um, uh, you know, the flavors. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, you know, who's doing what? And and boy, Supergirl's a good show. Damn straight. Yeah, it, re- Good it really Lord, is. and especially this this season, the Legion and everything. Yeah, it really, really is, really, really is, and they're and they're and they're doing stuff that it, it, you didn't think you could do five years ago. Agreed. You know, and and for me, the secret weapon is Legends of Tomorrow because it's just fun. I think it's I think it's just a purely fun action comedy. Yep, and I love that. But the the great surprise this year, and I think if Black Panther hadn't existed. It would have gotten more attention. Is Black, Black Lightning. Lightning? Black Lightning's Black Lightning. amazing. Yep. It's amazing. Good, and especially as an older reader, fuck man, I remember reading those Tony Isabella, Trevor Von Eden comics, and it really is like literally that is the backstory of this television series. And I and I mean, God, to have and I forget his name now. The wonderful character actor that's playing the Taylor Gandy, uh, William. God, he's Luther in uh, Forty Eight Hours. Isn't he? Yeah, or no, he's the uh, bad guy in Forty Eight uh, Hours. What's his name? I, I know Charlie, but I went, but to, to, to just um, yeah, you know, I grew up in Cleveland. I shopped at Tony Isabella's store. Oh, that's great! I didn't uh, know he had a store. That's awesome. I, I've known Tony since I was a child, like a baby. So I got an email from Tony last week, actually. So it's it's funny to uh, um, uh, and it's nice to have like a, a creator like Tony Isabella get get this little like um, taste of the honey jar. At sure. this stage, you know what I mean? Yes. So he's one of those guys, like he was a major editor at Marvel and DC, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, like he did a lot of stuff. So it's, it's cool that he gets, he gets this, uh, people get to see what he did. Absolutely. Co-creator of the original champions, of course, back in the seventies at Marvel. A um, lot, lot of big Ghost Rider stuff. Yes. A lot of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. No, but I do. I love, I love Black Lightning. I love the family dynamic of it. And that guy, the lead, he's great. And it really, and it's funny. Like of all the characters, I, maybe it's because I was so aware that the creator was from Cleveland that uh, that those Black Lightning issues are, 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 felt very Cleveland to me. Oh, that's interesting, and I can appreciate yeah. that. I always yeah. loved it because it obviously was like, you know, Suicide Slum or whatever for uh, for Metropolis. Totally. And yeah, I mean, it, you know, and uh, no, that's that shit was great. It was it was really really strong. And and it and again, yeah, these these television writers and actors are really carrying it through and it's it's just a wonderful series. Um, isn't it amazing? Can we can we old farts for a second yeah, yeah. and just asking how <laughs> fucking amazing it is? Because my my kids don't you know like like you, you do you want to go, oh oh <laughs> yeah I'm not even talking about the seventies. I'm I'm talking about two thousand two. 
Ah, oh, I know. We were so happy about Blade Two. Yeah, for real. No, you're yeah, right. Like now we're like drunk with there's so much. Right, and you're right about that. Where people are like, yeah, whatever, and it's like, no, 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 no. And again, oh, I stop! You would have killed for this. I I want you guys to go back in time when that Justice League primetime special aired. And how ridiculous it was, and how how excited we were. David Ogden Styers is Martian. Yes, Man. yes, yes. Well, even and again, the seventies, the superhero roast, yes. and, and uh, you know, good lord, and and again, the Marvel, the seventies Marvel superhero movies. roast aired on primetime television, and I couldn't believe it was happening. What was it again? Say it again. It was. It aired on television, and yes. I couldn't believe it was happening. Oh my god! I told you, it was, I get it's a show that only jokes I get. <laughs> I told you, Charlie Callis, who played Sinestro, came oh, to our sports radio station. He was doing stand-up somewhere, and I'm like, Sinestro. And his eyes got wide, as they always did, because that's the kind of comedian he was. But he's like, okay. <laughs> he's like, I can check that off the list. He's like, every city I go to, there's one of you that remembers that special. I'm like, that's dude, it's hilarious. like you walked out of the comic book. I'm like, you totally look like Sinestro. <laughs> and, yeah, it was great. No, it's uh, those – oh, my God. So, so yeah, kids today, you don't know. No. <laughs> See, back in the early 2000s, we didn't have a, 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 we couldn't even get an X-Men TV show. It was called Mutants or something? Mutant X. Mutant X Mutant Chicken. X, yeah, like, you know, you How, have it so good. Howard Chicken on the writing staff. That's right. And, of course, uh, also the 90s Flash, which is why I'm so happy. I don't want. Another Howard Chicken. Yes, I was going to say, I don't, and I don't want John Wesley ship to uh, walk away from Flash. I want Jay Garrick to still be a very big part of it as much as possible. And every time they're like, all right, I'm going away in the Speed Force. No, you're Jay Garrick, goddammit. Come back. Man, I and I'm really glad that, and again, I'm sure that uh, you can't reveal what may come of this, but I love, don't get me wrong, I really love what Jeff and Gary Frank are doing with Doomsday Clock. But, I mean, I'm really glad, too, that everyone's like, all right, look, uh, people are clamoring for Shazam. People, people are clamoring for the Justice Society. Uh, I, I can't wait for them to come back. I, well, I, I, love this I, I will say this, uh, and, and thank you for bringing it up, actually, because I don't talk about it much because I'm, like, desperate not to spoil Jeff's thing. Sure. He's been working on it way longer than I think people know. Interesting. Right? So... Um, there's stuff going on in my books that when Doomsday Clock is revealed, you go, oh. <laughs> so, yes, for people who want to know, yes, the, 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 that that will connect. Okay. Well, you kind but, of uh, how and why and in what shape and what characters. I'm not even going to get into it. Well, sure. But it will connect. Well, my my observation, and again, you don't have to comment on this, is obviously. Jorel's existence. Oh, and while we were talking, Alex Malib literally just emailed that he finished another issue of Scarlet. Yay! We are off and running. That's excellent, man. So great. I just thought, you know, for people who are patient, and some people were very patient. This is this is fun. That's cool. That's great. Yeah. I, as I told you in texts in the last couple of weeks, I've been down some uh, interesting television rabbit holes. I've been like. I bought the Alan King '90s Inside yeah, the Comedy no, Line series. Text. Yeah, you should you should tweet those texts out. I <laughs> just got a text from John in the middle of the night. You and Alan King. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, because again, you don't know if you know what you know or or like. And I'm like, hey, what do you think of Alan King? And you're like, I feel. But, like- <laughs> but I, I may say I might have been waiting for a sexy text from my wife, and that showed up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. 
boy, that'll kill the movie quickly. <laughs> I can appreciate, yeah, especially having Alan King in your. But brain. if you're if you're if you're expecting if you're expecting the wave in and you get a text from John about Alan King, I don't know what the opposite of a sexy text is, but um... it's close. It's certainly close. I you know what I bought and I found online, uh, and I'm sure you might have seen it on public television. They did that. I think it was for the Writers Guild. They did the Caesars Writers, and they were all on stage together and stuff. Uh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And, I, and I bought the DVD of that, and it was great. Oh, that's cool. Is it good? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's it's a little longer than what we got on TV, and no Billy Crystal inserts for pledge drives as it was oh. originally broadcast. But that's okay. <laughs> but uh, no, it's great. And yeah, I mean, I, I you know those those are the masters of comedy. I mean, God, Larry Gelbart, you know, among them, of course, Reiner and Brooks and. Uh, yeah, the, the Simon brothers, Neil and Danny. Uh, yeah, great shit, man. And I, and I, it's funny because again, with these like me TVs and, and Tenet TVs and all these stations, I, I sometimes look at the credits and it's like, oh, there's a Sid Caesar writer, Sheldon Keller or, uh, Gary Belkin and Aaron Rubin, who went from Caesars to, yeah. of all things, the Andy Griffith show and was instrumental right. on that show and stuff. I mean, yeah. Now this... you're talking about the nerd stuff. I know. You see, they, I know who I'm talking to. It's true. Um, but I was going to say, as I said earlier, about- I know more about behind the scenes at the show shows than the things that have happened in my house. <laughs> I love. Have you read Caesar's autobiography? Yeah, it's of amazing. Oh my! Yeah, God. yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I, 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 he's. It's a weird thing to say. It's so random, but he's someone I think about a lot when I'm writing. Um, like, like a powerful man. Yes. You like like you know like I'm not a powerful man, right? Yeah. So but when people <laughs> but he was a guy who was a powerful man that hired a lot of guys like me. Right. Right? Yes. And Very so true. when you hear about him, you hear about it from guys like my perspective, like Mel Brooks's perspective. Sure. Would be like mine. So I think about that story about uh Sid Caesar pulling the cab driver out of the little window in yes. the cab. Yes. I think about that when I'm when I'm writing. Well, the the story where he's holding Mel Brooks out the window that's in Chicago yeah. at the Palmer House. Yeah, and when uh, you when when you think I I tweeted about this the other day <laughs> the, the the every time you think about the over the topness of some real world thing like you like when now when you're writing Superman but even when you're writing Superman but you'll think about when you're writing a real world thing and you're gearing into the over the top element. And then you read about that that Lex Luthor in Paris who just escaped jail by. Did you read about this? Go on. No, no there is a, a a guy who looks like the animated Lex Luthor. Like it looks like a drawing of Lex Luthor. It's crazy. Um, literally had a, like a helicopter land in the middle of the of the prison, and they did smoke bombs, and he jumped in the helicopter, and he took off, and they killed everybody, and I, I don't know, but but it was like a daring daylight prison escape that worked. Wow. And he's a master criminal. Like, you never hear about shit like this, right? True. Like something out of an Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. But for real. Yeah. Right? Or a Mission Impossible. <laughs> and and then it was like, oh, yeah, every time you think, oh, the, the, the real world's not this crazy, I'm like, nah, nah stop thinking that. That's amazing. No, I didn't yeah. hear about that. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. so that, that's what that was referring to. And, uh, and that's that's amazing. All right. Oh, I was going to say. Oh, you know, Sid Caesar for younger people, he's kind of the the Robert De Niro of comedy, Be- <laughs> because if you, it, what, he always said he was an uncomfortable on camera being himself, but give him a character, and he'd yeah. brighten up and immediately like assume that character and and have something to say and be funny. And and that's that's I think part of my fascination with Caesar in particular, 
Um, oh, and I was going to ask, now we didn't talk about a couple of these great late HBO documentaries, the Gary Shandling's End Diaries. How about oh, that? That, okay. This Gary Shandling documentary, which I, I can't recommend higher. Boy, it's got under my skin. Me too, I, 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 um, Gary Shandling's always been one of my favorite like writers ever. Yes. And, and, and performers. And I, and, and from the most basic level as a teenager, just loving his comedy, yep. just like loving his jokes. Yep. And, and as you get, and he's one of those creators that as you get to know more and more about him, I became more and more fascinated with him and more and more connected to his material and his, um, choices with the Larry Sanders show to make a show about truth. It's, it's obviously a word you hear me say a lot about looking for that, for those, the truthful moments in your story and anywhere you can find it. So here he is having passed away and in death revealed more truth to me than he'd ever shown me in life. I was completely, I had to turn it off a few times I, I am sure it was wrapped around what I went through in December, but I was completely ravaged by this documentary. Yeah. Like I like I haven't since the Holocaust documentary. I, like I like really was 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 torn up about this. I wish it was twenty hours longer. I agree. No, and it, it haunted I, me for days afterwards, and couldn't recommend it enough to all of my creative friends. And and said, you, yeah, you just I, I said anybody who's it. ever created anything, you yep. have to watch this. Yep. All right, and also the idea that he wrote down every horrible thought he had. Yes, uh, it, it's fascinating. It was all the thoughts everyone has, but he wrote them down to look at them, and uh, like just fears and and concerns and conceits. I I, I just loved it, and, and uh, I'm so glad you saw it too. Oh God, yeah. And the and and, and then again, I, as you just said, I've been nodding for the last two minutes as you've been describing it. I, I felt the same way. I every step of his career. Uh, I loved when he did that summer season of Michael Nesmith's uh, television parts. Yeah, and and no, but but also the last thing he filmed was comedians and cars getting coffee. Yes, which you probably saw. Yep, and it is the best episode of that show. They deeply love each other. Yeah, uh, they have accomplished what they set out to do, and we're in a unique position to share that feeling with each other. And it was so beautiful. And so honest, and there was no ego there. Other, yeah, we're we did it, but the, uh, yeah, you know that. So that's, we don't have to be pretend we didn't. But 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 you can talk about it without having ego, and it was so wonderful, uh, boy. And and you you put that with this, and it's just what a what a portrait. And also, oh, by the way, a complicated, angry man. It wasn't a Valentine. Oh, totally. It was a, he was he was a very frustrating individual, and and I loved that the documentary covered the dvd of larry sanders more than larry sanders because that dvd was more interesting than larry sanders and i love that the documentary knew it too oh absolutely and i was about to bring that up exactly those these interviews that he did for people who don't know what we're talking about there's a a two uh or four uh, dvd set of the best of larry sanders episodes but then he did all of these very honest interviews with cast members and writers and guest stars and it, oh, people he was in a deep, long, living with relationship that he hadn't seen since. Linda Doucette, yeah, his, his former and living girlfriend. And talked yeah. about them and then had it out on air. Yes. Clearly some relationship with Sharon Stone. 
that that was discussed on air. Yeah, Alec Baldwin and him beat each other up on camera, <laughs> literally boxing each other, and Alec Baldwin taking some joy that he clearly had a little more Just boxing punching skill, punching the shit out of him. Yep. And that Ricky Gervais interview, which I couldn't believe they revisited because that it, that's when I started applauding. Yeah. Because that is the most uncomfortable, manic episode. And and it showed a lot about what was going on with him. Well, and I got to be honest, so man, I kind of and I and I'm a fan of Ricky Gervais's comedy. But I have to say in the last couple of years, I'm like, yeah, I still like him. But and that and that channel. No, he's got to turn it around. There's no joy in his. You're talking about joy. There's no joy in his work right now. Gervais. It's very brittle. It's very, very brittle. Yeah, man. And I even saw him live at, at the Chicago Theater. And I yeah, was he's very like, upset. Yeah. He's very angry. Yeah. And, yeah. It's like, and it was literally around the same time. And I told you when I saw Eddie Izzard live. And I saw Gervais first. And completely opposite. Because Eddie Izzard was just a joy. And I know you yeah, got to know him I, when he was and, doing Powers and everything. Having worked with Eddie, I can tell you. <laughs> No, but he is that. He is there is there is an, an insane amount of joy. In fact, I just saw the uh, greenlit a movie Eddie wrote. Oh, cool! And I, I I did have that. Oh, I'm so happy for him because if he wrote a movie, he must really mean it because awesome. he loves life. Yeah, I, I got excited that someone who loves life that much wrote something. You know, very cool. So, uh, but back to the the, the Gary of it all. Yeah, I, yeah. I, maybe because he's Jewish, and I, I don't know. It just all of it really got under my skin. I was so happy to have it, and I, I felt um, a little healed after I saw it. I understand. Like a week later, like I felt, oh, that that was helpful. So, well, and, uh, and, and, and that's I, I, again, not everyone's been through what I've been through. Not everyone feels the same way about his work that I do, but uh, it, it was it was deeply moving to me. Well, so. and and, and, and <laughs> I mean, I can appreciate again as a, as a fellow Jewish person to feel some of the things you did. Um, him losing his brother at such a young age, and also that the parents didn't know how to tell him. It, yeah, I, I had the complete opposite thing happen to me, and, and again, not to get sad, because literally, folks, this was almost 50 years ago, but my mother died when I was very young, and luckily I had a very supportive family and other people in my life when you completely don't, don't understand what's going on, and really yeah. were there to hold my hand and explain it to me, and it, and it really helped, and, and, and that's why to not have that, I can only imagine the 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 hurt that he felt, and and clearly you see, Apatow did such a great job putting. He all really this together. did, and 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 uh, I'm a big Apatow fan, and I am very aware of his hero worship and fascination of the real Gary Shandling. Yeah, and the argument that they have on that DVD. Do you remember it? No, I'm going to have to go back and watch it. Okay, the the Shandling DVD, or the the Larry flashy. Sanders one. Go on. Yeah, it's not as flashy as the others, and you probably don't even like. I I was a big fan of Judge Apatow from the Ben Stiller show, sure. so that's like you know that's where I'm coming from, yeah. right? So, the two of them are in an office, and they literally are just reminiscing, and then Im- immediately start arguing about a joke that Gary cut 15 years ago, <laughs> like it happened yesterday, and they neither of them would give it up. <laughs> And we're both very aware that this was ridiculous. That's awesome. Yet neither of them could stop. Unbelievable. Okay. So so Judd was the perfect person to tell this story, and he told it perfectly. Yeah. And, I mean, God. No the, one else could have done it. The Bob Saget relationship disagre- dis- disintegrating. and Bob Saget made me cry. Yeah. Yeah. That happened in my life. 
you know what else was cool? And you asked me about recent uh, interviews that I'm proud of and stuff. I got to talk to Kelly Carlin, George Carlin's daughter. Yeah, I listened. What well, I didn't hear yours. Where, where did I hear her on? About talking about the 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 box set. Yes, exactly. Was it with you? Might have been. I don't know. It was about a month ago. It was. It was literally. Did you like, send it to me? Didn't you send it to me? Oh, I don't think so. No, I don't think I did. I don't well, think I. Said, I well, I did listen to it. And oh, I thanks, loved buddy. It. Oh, that's great. Because yeah, yeah. Well, that was that was a really cool thing. Did Patton did Patton have it? Who else? Someone had it online. Must have been you. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I just posted it like I do any episode and everything, and obviously mentioned. Yeah, I got to get that box set. It looks awesome. It's you know, and I haven't dug into the unreleased video stuff yet, but I can't wait. And that's another crazy thing that right before talking to her, I just happened to stumble on one of those That Girl episodes where George Wood played uh, Marlo Thomas's agent in the first season. And it's just so crazy because he's so 60s Mad Men, blue serge suit and crew cut and, you know, just not looking like typical George. Even on Ed Sullivan, he looked a little right. hipper and everything. And right. and it was really interesting to compare that and then, then have that conversation with Kelly. And then we talked about Shandling because she used to have a podcast and Shandling was one of her first guests. And it was really cool how, as I'm sure you know, and listeners might know that Shandling was really in, like Shandling went to Carlin when he was in college with jokes and said, hey, use these, George. And and instead, George's like, look, uh, I write my own stuff, but, you know, if you're thinking about doing this, there's something here. I think you should pursue it. And to have that kind of go-ahead from a, from a comedian that you admired, you know, that's what kind of started channeling on his trajectory and everything. And You're absolutely right. And can I pivot a little sure. with that? Because you just reminded me of, of something. Of course. Back to the comic industry. There is... Um, uh, quite a few people have sent me some very promising work over the last six months, I'd say, and a shocking amount of people I have not included anything that would be considered um, uh, information about themselves and how to contact them. I, 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 there has been at least two people whose lives I may have been able to change. And you went to such effort to send me your work, and then I liked it. You were right. And then I had no way to get a hold of you. And then the one person that sent me their stuff, and then I emailed back, and then my, my email was bounced back. Oh. <laughs> and I'll never know oh. if you got the email. It, it's just so frustrating because like, like I'm trying to, to have a George Carlin moment with some of these wonderful artists. And they can please write your name on your work. It's, it's a grade school thing. Sure. And some of it is so beautiful and we worked so hard on that the fact that you forgot to write your name and phone number on it or to put a return address on an envelope that you mailed me, it's maddening to me. And you probably go, that dick didn't even write me back. <laughs> so I know I'm not the only one this happens to. I was talking about it with some other writers. For those who are trying to break in, uh, there are at this moment at least 30 jobs I know of that are available, right? They are looking. So do apply for the jobs, but you have to be very professional about it, which means you have to include legible uh, contact information. I know this sounds ridiculous. Like, who wouldn't do this? I'm telling you, a shocking amount. Interesting. And good work. Work that's hireable. It's not like, oh, yeah, this is a crazy person that doesn't know how to address an envelope. This is a good person with, with talent. Yeah. Wow. So just want to put it out there. I would love to George Collins somebody. I love doing it. 
So that's awesome, man. Well, like you said, yeah, also, yeah, yeah. I, 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 we were talking too about like there's a lot of people not sending submissions to writers. You should do that more, artists. Like writers that you think wouldn't give you the time of day, don't think that. Wait a minute. So you're saying other writers or, or artists to writers? We were talking about the other uh, writers. Are, uh, there's a lot of writers that aren't seeing, that aren't getting the portfolios directly to them. The artists. Yeah. The artist portfolios. Artists aren't sending writer stuff. Yes. Okay. They're sending editor stuff or, or other artists. Like an artist will send something to. Mark Bagley, but not to me. Meanwhile, Mark Bagley's not going to hire him. Sure, right, exactly. <laughs> Mark Bagley's like, dude, you're trying to steal my job. Well, right, exactly. <laughs> no, that's not how Mark is, but you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. Where, no, no. Where, where, so, so, so I just want to let out, A, you should, if you're an artist and you got the goods, you should send your shit in. There's quite a few artists I've worked with over the last couple of years that that hit me with cold calls. Interesting. Simone, Simone who I did Spider-Man with, hit me on a cold call. He got Spider-Man off the gig. Off an email, it happens. Wow. Not everybody, but it happens. Well, and I just but wanted you to sure that you have enough. You have enough gigs in your email account. When I email back, I, you'll you'll get it, and uh, and write your name. Very cool. No, and I just wanted to clarify that you were talking about artists and not writers, because yeah. unfortunately, that is the problem. That you know, writers, it's like, oh no, 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 please don't. <laughs> you know. No, yeah, I, uh, I'm sorry, I'm not much with pronouns. I'm a professional writer, That's but uh, uh, yeah, you're right. No, like writer, like, you, yeah, you'll get a lot of like, but they're not even writers. They're just people who will like go, hey, here's my idea for Catwoman, and you're like, yeah, don't send me your idea for Catwoman. D- d- for, don't. It's your first of all, it's yours. Second of all, I, you shouldn't give it to me, and I, I shouldn't give it to someone. I'm not going to steal it, but someone might. Right, and yes. once you email it to them, it, you've just given it to them. Don't do that. I hear you, and and also it's our job. It never, it, I know you think it's fun, so you think, oh, I'll just do it for fun. It's weird and it's a legal hassle, and just don't do it. Understood. Just tell, tell your friends your cool idea, and, and and you know what? If it's a really good idea, then you should sit down and write it. I oh, you should do it. It's your idea. Well, and it, you know, Dana Gould, when I got to talk to him, not to name drop, but something he said on his own podcast. It's like instead of waiting for that opportunity to come to you, like you said, write it yourself. Like if you yeah. want, I, I mean, I apply that to what I'm doing with the podcast and everything. And 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 you know, he was saying it from an entertainment sto- standpoint. He's like, create your own showcase if you're a performer. Don't wait for someone to hire you. Make your own thing and perform. Yeah, every, almost everyone you've admired in the world has done that on some level. Yep, absolutely. It, it, just by sheer force of will, or they didn't know any better. Very true. Those are my favorite. I'm, I'm a, I didn't know any better guy. There you it's go. only after you look back and go, well, you're just an idiot. This should not have worked at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Bob, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to jettison you because I think we did. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. I, I didn't want, I didn't, I wanted to give you all the time you needed. No, God bless you. And I, and truly, you know, these marathons, they love them. And you know, this again, we got a great response from the last one. I imagine we'll, we'll get a similar one for this one. There you go, a nice lengthy Bendis tapes to kick off Word Balloon Unconventional. Uh, we've got more great episodes that, again, reflect the kind of panels that I like to see at, uh, at San Diego Comic-Con and some of the bigger cons. And the great thing about San Diego Comic-Con, if I may, even though I'm not even going this year, is they are so unique to the San Diego experience. 
don't believe the hype. I've said this before. People, you know, get on their soapbox. Oh, it's only about the TV shows and the movies. You don't hear about comic books anymore. It's not about comics anymore. Bullshit. Massive bullshit. I am telling you. Uh, my buddy Rob Salkowitz will be part of her Word Balloon Unconventional. Like, pointed out, over 400 panels exclusively comic book related happening at San Diego Comic-Con. Dozens of panels each day uh, from comic book history to uh, the contemporary comics to alternative comics and small press. Everybody is represented at Comic-Con from the comic book industry and uh, the uh, next few word balloons will reflect that. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope you enjoyed today's show as well. Again, brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. Thank you very much, League, for your support. If you like Word Balloon and would like to subscribe to Word Balloon, I'm having trouble talking tonight, uh, you can click on the Patreon ad right on the front page of wordballoon.com. That will take you to my Patreon page. Or you can go to patreon.com slash wordballoon. And uh, again, you know, do you think uh, Word Balloon, is it worth a dollar a month? Is it worth the price of a comic book a month? I try hard to uh, give you a lot of uh, in-depth uh, conversation here at Word Balloon and give you a great experience of uh, hearing these wonderful creative people talk about uh, the things they love. I mean, this Bendis Tapes is a classic example. Not only the work they do, but uh, the things that inspire them as well. And uh, it always try, I always try for a fun conversation, and I think we succeed. So go to patreon.com slash wordballoon, or click on the Patreon ad right on the front page of my website, wordballoon.com. But thank you very much, League of Word Balloon listeners. Word Balloon is also brought to you by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com. And I am putting the name Brian Michael Bendis in here to see what pops up as far as some great deals on some Bendis product from InStockTrades.com. You can get Fire, the definitive collection. This is one of Brian's very first works. He wrote and drew it uh, years ago for Caliber. It's come out under the Icon imprint, the Image imprint, soon to be under the DC imprint as well. This is uh, the definitive collection. It's uh, 42% off, only $5.77. You can also get the Power Script Book from Bendis. Mike Oming doing the art in this book. And uh, study those original scripts of the first two graphic novels of Powers, the first 12 issues, if you will. Uh, it's a really great way to uh, learn how to write comics. 42% off, $11.57. There are plenty of trades of uh, Ultimate Spider-Man to get. They range in prices. The very first trade, Power and Responsibility, man. Has it really been almost 20 years since the first volume of Ultimate Spider-Man? I guess so. Bendis and Bagley, 42% off, $11.59. Volume 3 is Double Trouble. Uh, that also is uh, Mark Bagley and Art T-Bear doing the uh, inking on that. It's 42% off, $10.41. You can also get Ultimate X-Men. Remember when Brian and Mark Miller were writing Ultimate X-Men? David Finch, the artist on this. Uh, pretty cool stuff. It's uh, Volume 7, Blockbuster. 42% off, $7.53. Reaching back for some classic Brian Bendis uh, works at Marvel, available now at InStockTrades.com. There's also the House of M trade paperback, uh, a great uh, event early on in Brian's time. I want to say 2007 for House of M, maybe 2006, but it was uh, Brian Bendis and Olivier Coipel doing the art, 42% off, $14.49. A great volume at a great price at InStockTrades.com. Don't take my word for it. Check it out yourself. You will find excellent books, the creators you love, at great prices. InStockTrades.com. Thanks again for listening to Word Balloon. Join me for the next episode. But until then, Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions. Copyright 2018.